This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Many, 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 many. And Shibata comes back with Chapin fucking. That's a tremendous conversation. I live a horrible existence, so. All right, stop. Triple A. Very hard on yourself just for never yeah. being on a boat. I mean, uh, well, I, you know, why don't I know anybody who owns a boat? And we are live here on the flagship podcast. I'm Rich Creech. He's Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? How are you? I'm all right. Doing all right. Got Thanksgiving coming up. <laughs> the holidays coming up. It's been very busy, but uh, it's 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 good. Wrestling's been yeah, fun. Tree up? Uh, not yet. Yeah. No. That that is. Um, I've seen that hotly debated uh, all over uh, my social media. I'm sure all over your social media, all over everywhere, is arguing about when the tree should go up and if it's too early. And oh, it's the pandemic. You know, we're still in a pandemic, so if people want to put their tree up in early November, then let them put their tree up in early November. If they want to play, you know, if they want to do that, yeah, 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 and all this sort of stuff, they want to play Christmas music or whatever. Yeah, uh, we did not put the tree up yet. Uh, mostly out of laziness, but also because we became a, uh, I don't know if you're, I don't know where you stand on this, but we became a, uh, a real tree family a, a couple years ago. We'd always had like one fake tree and one real tree, so we could have potentially put up the fake tree Already, but last year we became a full fledged both front room and back room real tree people. So, um, unfortunately, we're gonna have to wait until that's available to. We did not put the tree up. Mm. Well, I forget whether it was something I did on my own or something I did with you, but I, I came downstairs from doing some audio and the tree was up in full with all the fucking gimmicks on it. <laughs> And the entire house was converted from uh, Halloween to Christmas in the short span that I was doing audio. Yeah, happy fall, y'all got stuffed in a closet to be seen Gone. again next September. Yeah, Gone. The tree is up. The second tree is up. All of the... <laughs> Jingle bells uh, is playing. <laughs> it's just... Christmas accoutrements yeah. are all over the place now. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the tree is up. So, oh, so your yours is is up. Was it a surprise? Did you know it was happening? No, just, Did you help? I just told you. I came downstairs. Oh, oh no! Oh, I thought you were saying a couple years ago. Oh, this was like literally this this last time. This last right? week. <laughs> I had no knowledge of this because I kept saying no, no, not yet. So they waited for me to come up here to do some audio, and then knew it's our when time. And I came yeah. down from the audio, the entire house was converted. The big tree, the little tree, all the gimmicks. Everything. Now, does, yes, does, that upset you? does that upset you? Does that upset you? Do you like care. taking part in it or do you not care whatsoever? I don't, I don't care. You know what? You know what was good about it is I didn't have to be involved. <laughs> that was the best part about it. I didn't have to be involved. So it was all pretty much done by the time I got down there. Um, they made me do the fucking star gimmick. On I was going to say, you got to at least do the star. You're the uh, quote unquote man of the house. So you got to, you know, you got to do the yeah. star. Quote unquote man of the house. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> I don't know who uh, runs the show there. I mean, I, I'm technically the man of the house, but I'd put that under Rich, some, some strong debate. I'm the man of the house. No quote unquote. <laughs> I'm the man of this house. How old's the boy? Uh, the boy's got to be getting close, right? He's got to be getting a job pretty soon, you know? He's four. <laughs> well. <laughs> and I'll be whipping his ass when he's 44, believe me. I'm the man of this house. Quote unquote. <laughs> no, but they, they 
they, they had me put the star on the top. Okay, so. so so we're talking fake tree. It's out of the box type yeah, of yeah, tree. Yeah. Okay, do do are you do you guys do real trees or is that I don't even know if that's a thing in Texas. No, nah, I'm an, I'm anti real tree. Okay, why? No, because I I long was an anti real tree guy and now I've I've be, I've converted to a real tree guy. No, there's needles everywhere. The dog gets into it. Um, <laughs> it it's just the dogs love um, it. Dogs a love the real trees. The, the water, yeah. I, and I'm sure it's got. I'm sure it's an actual natural thing, and it's very smart of them to do it. But like our dogs will just ing- the the <laughs> water at the bottom of a real tree. They scoop yeah. that up so fast because it's like sugar water. You know what I mean? It's probably great for them. They're probably like, this is fantastic, Dad. Thank you. This is great. You shouldn't have. And so you know, I go to the tree, and I'm like, man, this tree's like real dry, man. What's going on? I look at the water, bone dry. Like they have just been in there drinking for hours. To get all that sugar water out of there, so yeah, it, it becomes an unfortunate thing. You gotta water it like you have to. You have to perpetuate this ruse that you're keeping it alive, right? And it's uh, you know, a crawl yeah, under a there. The, the you you said the needles get everywhere. There's nothing worse than having to go and water that thing, and you go under and you have. Uh, there are so many needles on the ground when you were done watering that thing. It's yeah. such a pain in the ass. But um, or or you lightly brush against it and ten thousand needles fall to the <laughs> right, ground. Right. Right. It's the worst. And would this yeah. be would, where where your tree would be? Would that be carpeted? No. Okay, so it'd be hardwood. So that's not bad though, because the hardwood's pretty yeah. easy to clean up, or laminate, or whatever. I don't I don't know what your uh, your flooring setup is, Joe. So I shouldn't have assumed it's hardwood, but uh, got hardwood um, floor. Got hardwood okay, floor. Okay. Okay. Pseudo uh, hardwood or real hardwood? I got the hardwood. Like real, like hardwood. real. Like if I went, it, it, you know, I'd, I'd have it's a good knock. Up. My hardwood is as hard as anyone's. <laughs> okay, it's real. Jeez. Real hardwood. Of course, it's real hardwood. Come on now. Quote unquote man of the house. Real hardwood. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is it real hardwood? Come on. Well. No, it's it, it, hardwood floor. Okay. Need, you know, she could sweep the. But the problem with the real trees, you're finding needles in May. That is. Like, pro- it, yeah. You never get rid of them. They basically stay in your house forever. Yeah. Yeah. And plus it. That. That. Uh, this is where you'll probably veer and disagree. I don't like that smell of like the oh, sap. Yeah. No. You're out. Fucking I'm out. I can't. So if you, so you hate the smell. Does uh, are you sure that the TLB does not like the smell either? I don't necessarily hate the smell, but I don't want to smell. I don't want to. I don't want to feel like I'm in the middle of a forest when I'm sitting in my easy chair trying to watch a Georgetown game. Okay, I I don't need that. No, that's the seasonal scent, man. You need that. So what I was gonna say is they do sell these things, and I, I believe that Target has them, or I've seen them a bunch of other places. They're these like green little sticks that you can put. You can if you have a fake tree and you want the smell, you want the the foresty pine smell or whatever, or the fir smell, whatever your your tree of. Uh, uh, of choices, you can put these into that tree, and, and they actually, they're actually not bad. They they're quarter, they're, they're fake smelling, obviously, but they have a they're, they're a decent smell that I think uh, if 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 you're really desperate for it, but clearly you, you are not. So um, no, that that unfortunately that is the exact reason why I do get the real tree is that smell I, I do enjoy. Um, well, you're you're like a man of nature. So I am, yeah. Well, and, that, and I was gonna say, and you're gonna make fun of this. Uh, what we uh, started doing last year, so we, we became a, a real tree family a couple years ago, just always getting the real tree. Uh, before we used to go, there was this like little tiny zoo near us that we would go to. They would sell it. It would raise money for the animals and stuff. So we'd, we'd go and buy a, a tree from there. And we did. This year, we did buy another tree from there as well. We also discovered the art of cutting down your own Christmas tree. Oh, for God's sake. You're out there with a fucking saw. <laughs> out there with a saw. It took like two hours. I'm lugging this thing all around. We're getting it onto the, onto the top of the truck, and it was awesome, Joe. What's awesome about oh, that? Oh, you come home, and that's yours. That, you, t- you took that tree from the ground, and I was in 
your house, smelling beautiful, looking beautiful, light glimmering lights. No, that that is. Now see, you're talking about right, man I, of the house. I'm there chopping down trees, putting see, them in my house. I would derive no pleasure from that. <laughs> I, I would I would derive no pleasure from that. I would rather have. Uh, you know, some guy in a flannel shirt do that for me while I'm waiting in the car with the fucking heat on, you know, listening to a podcast or something. You know, let let the dipshit do it. I, I would I would derive no pleasure from that, you know, but I could kind of see where you would. It makes you feel manly. Right. Like, yeah. I, I have very few things that make me feel manly in my life. So, yeah, uh, going out there with a big old saw and being like, yeah, this one, you know, hey, which one do you want, babe? <laughs> And yeah. she picks it out, all right, and then I, I go, hur, 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 hur. <laughs> the problem is it's very difficult. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, people do bring, so this, uh, like, you'll see when you go to these things that half the people bring, like, a Sawzall or, like, an actual fucking chainsaw. Yeah. And those people are smart. I get it. It does what, feel. hatchet? Yeah, yeah. No, I went there with, like, they give you, like, a little kind of, <laughs> again, my, <laughs> my lack of manliness is showing some type of saw. I don't know what the hell it's called. Um. It wasn't a very sawzall. good saw. No, no, no. It wasn't a sawzall. It was like it was like a handsaw or whatever. So the problem though is you're thinking, all right, here we go. And you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes later, you're like, fuck, we're not <laughs> we got a long way to go here to get this tree out of the goddamn ground. Wait, wait, wait. So, Are you literally sawing yes. like this? This is not an electrical. No, that's what I mean. They th- so a lot of, they will the hell they is al- wrong with you? they allow the electric saws. And, and Michelle was like, Should we bring the electric saw? And I was like, no. Come on. Like, that's not, you know, that's not. No, you go there with a handsaw and you get it out of the ground. It'll feel more like, you know, you've earned this tree by sawing it out of the ground and doing this. As we get there, of course, I have my handsaw. There's a few other people that have their handsaws. And then the guy next to me goes, you know what I mean? he's done. He's in the car already. He's gone. That guy is yeah, long yeah. gone. Right. We're, I'm basically only got to do the bark at this point. That guy's already home drinking hot cocoa. <laughs> like, he's done. That guy's oh, long God. done with his fucking chainsaw. But I'm here going, <laughs> and so I yeah. said it makes me feel like a real man's man. But like ten minutes in, I was like, uh, "You want to you want to do a little bit?" <laughs> so she starts the saw, and then I take yeah. over. I so, so I'm like, at the end of the day, it, it, what have I really accomplished other than just what giving myself disaster. an intense arm workout? But then we got the tree home, and it was beautiful. So I, I I'm, I'm worth it. So feeling of accomplishment by cutting. This yeah, thing I down. think so. I think so. It 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 felt like a movie. You know what I mean? It felt like a very. Uh, you know, Christmas vacation or a Hallmark movie type shit where you drive around and you stop at this random field and go, ah, that's our tree. <laughs> Yuck. So my dogs Yuck. can go piss on it and drink all the water out of it for the next month and a half. So gross. Do they give you a discount <laughs> for doing your own manual labor? Because I don't. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty hefty discount. That's not the reason I go. I know you're going to make the that's the reason I go joke. Well, that's, see, I knew I was going to get to the bottom of this at some point. <laughs> This is this is it. Well, no, it's like an hour it. drive. It's not that when you when you account for the gas money and the and the time and the effort, I I, I would not call it a I would not call it a deal in, in this case. The, the the smarter deal would be going to the zoo uh, and just having the, those guys you know you, attach it to my car and, and 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 leave from there. Do you toss it over your shoulder like Paul Bunyan? Oh, I tried. Yeah, it's very heavy. Very heavy. I try. I try. We we did oh. also chop down a smaller tree on our way back since we were feeling we were feeling ourselves. We had chopped down this big tree. I saw this little guy on the way back. We're like, oh, we can take this guy down easily. So we took that one down. And, and yeah, I, I, I lugged that thing over my shoulder and went, all right, here we go. And uh, yeah, and barely fit. It barely pretty- fit in the car. <laughs> we had the windows open and stuff. It was a disaster. So. I think you're uh, uh, Big Josh over here. Yeah, Big I Josh, a uh, little, uh, little Steven Regal, real man's man, Steven Regal. Joe Sladuke. 
was Neil Lumberjack gimmick at some point? <laughs> I don't know. Um, a little before your time, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Uh, Joe, what was it? What was it? Joe Sladuk. Joe Sladuk. I don't know if I know, you know who that the, is. The, the UConn Lumberjacks, right? Yeah, he was a one I, I'm, I'm of the Big Josh era, so I, I know Big Josh for sure. Big Josh and PN News, one of the great tag teams in WCW history, is the Lumberjack and then the rapper guy. So, Joe and Paul LeDuc, right? They were. You tell me, man. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, they, they did a Lumberjack gimmick. That's what I'm telling Hall you. Hall of I'm Famers? Wrestling Observer Hall of Famers or no? No. Okay. Don't believe so. <laughs> Don't believe so. Should they be or are they? They're uh, not right now, but should they be? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't vote for them. I'd have to do more research. <laughs> influence the business in a positive way by setting the stage for Big Josh. That, and that's, by the way, that's, uh, uh, you know, I'm kind of joking aside. We do get that a lot. We have a, a very active uh, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame uh, channel in our Discord, voiceofwrestling.com slash Discord. And uh, people very routinely go like, well, this guy, you know, th- this gimmick came after this guy, so he influenced them. So he should be a Hall of Famer. It's like, okay, like. It's all fame. Like, it's, it's you know, the best of the best. Is that just influence? Like, but there would yeah. probably be somebody that said, well, Big Josh and, and Steven Regal were all based off, you know, Lumberjacks. And if these guys are the first Lumberjacks, like, that's the, you know, that. that it, yeah, 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 yeah. People, it's like, guys, chill out. Like, just because, like, a team was like the Hardys doesn't mean that the Hardys are immediately Hall of Famers. Like, reel it in. It's, it's not the only right. criteria is doing something that later than other people do. That's not really the criteria. You have 10,000 people in the Hall of Fame. You know, it'd just be an endless string of people because everybody rips off everybody else. So, you know, when you look at it from that standpoint, you know. Well, then you get the like, well, this was the first guy to do this. And then someone's like, well, actually, this guy did it. And then you go back to like, right. you know, you're in 1870 with, you know, right. well, yeah. well, technically Hackenschmidt started this. And well, this guy in India did this. And it's like, all right, well, you can't, you can't do yeah. the, this guy started this thing. And that's why he should be a Hall of Famer. No, no, you can't. Because then you, you get in this endless loop. Of just digging deeper and deeper, yeah. Because we we got but, that uh, with uh, Grand Wizard, I think. A few. Well, they're like, well, heel manager, and it's like people going back to the '30s and finding heel managers. Then someone's like, well, this guy in India was also a heel manager. It's like, all right, forget it, we're done. <laughs> like it, it's stop yeah. this argument. Well, it's, well, he he's credited for popularizing manager interference. Yeah, I, I mean, nobody thinks he was the first guy to ever do it, but it's it's kind of like it's like Sabu with breaking the tables. Was Sabu the first wrestler to break a table? No, of course not. I mean, we've got on tape, you know, mem- people doing that in Memphis as early as the late 70s. Hulk Hogan and Harley Race, Saturday Night's Main Event, they did a table spot. But it's like... Flair, Flair and Funk in 89. Yeah, but I mean, but it's like clearly Sabu was the one who, you know, is the... Influ- the table spot you're seeing today, that's because of Sabu. It's not because of, you know, whoever it was in Memphis in 1978. I mean, you know, so it's like... It's not always the first person to do something. It's the person who um, is not always the, 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 per, the, the first person to do something is not always the person who popularized something or influenced the rest of history. Sometimes it's the ninth guy to do something or someone who just did it in a, in a, in a smarter way or someone or you can't even explain it sometimes, you know, why something catches on. Uh, when one person does it, but doesn't catch on if somebody else does it first. So, yeah, you can really get yourself into some shitty, meaningless debates with stuff like that. Because, you know, even with move innovation, that happens all the time, too, where it's like, you know, someone gets credited for inventing a move. And then, you know, someone will argue that someone did it eight years earlier. But it's like, yeah, okay, but when this guy 
popularized whatever movie talking that this is why everyone today is still doing it because they watched his tapes right exactly yeah and, and we had that discussion on you know a, a little cheap plug here patreon.com slash voices wrestling we uh we talked uh mexico uh ball- or mexico uh region of the wrestling was over uh, hall of fame uh with the cubs fan a lucha blog uh yesterday and, and we we're talking about hurricane ramirez and he's very famous for you know the reason it's called a hurricane rana is because of hurricane ramirez but like People know that like he wasn't the first guy to do that move. He's just the guy that everybody you know that popularized right. it enough to they named it after him. But he wasn't like one day decided, "Ha, I'm going to do this move," and everyone, went, "Whoa, what is that move?" You know, he saw other people do it, but then he popularized it and made it his own. So, uh, and that happens all the time. That's just progressing one on one. That's anything. That's any creative field one on one. Right, right. But if it's to the point where they're naming the move after you, oh, you get the credit. I think so. <laughs> yeah, you're, right. You're getting the credit. You know, so, uh, yeah, no, definitely. But, um, yeah, so what you're saying here is you're ripping off the Canadian Lumberjacks from, uh, you must have watched some tapes from uh, 1973 Florida and saw the Lumberjacks doing their, so you decide you need to go to this uh, Christmas tree farm with a fucking hand axe and cut down a tree. Yeah, I have no, that sounds like a horrible night. Like, I'd be in such a shit mood if I got dragged to something like that. Um, I, you know, it, it would just ruin it for everybody else because I'd be in such a piss poor mood if I got dragged out into the fucking wilderness and, and, and see, I'm going to see if there's one by you, uh, so we can uh... TLB. Oh, of course there is. There's tons of them, but that, I mean, that's, Wouldn't, never it, do, you don't think it would interest her either? Uh, cause I'm, I'm trying to figure out if there's a way I can, uh, she's not, I mean, she's not all that unlike me. I mean, she, you know, she, she would much rather just go to target and buy a fucking tree. Okay. Than, okay. Than, all right. That's fair. Then the task, the task is done for 20 years like that. You, no, no must, no fuss. So I, I did find that there is one near you called the Brazos Valley Tree yeah. Farm, and that sounds awesome. I'm thinking Los Brazos, <laughs> Los Brazos are running no, it, right. and that's a great idea if it's those dudes running that. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know if you're gonna find Super Porky. <laughs> yeah, well, not him. I, that'd be tough. Uh, he's yeah. a tough get these days, but uh, I, I think uh, it's the Brazos Valley. I think you should try it. I, I, who knows? Who? <laughs> it's very possible. What are the lost bro? There, there's enough there that could, you know, there's enough alive that could be running that for sure. Rich, why would I do manual labor and pay someone <laughs> for the right to do manual labor? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like yeah, it, it goes guy. to the apple picking uh, thing as well. It's I'm just, a pretty yeah. pragmatic guy. I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like that's, you know, that's not for me, you know, but I get it. You know, you, you sit in that cubicle all day, you get run down, emasculated by the nurse all the time. You want to have an, you want to have an ax in your hand. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. And cut something down. Like, I, I get, I do get it. I get the mindset. I'm just saying it ain't for JL. Like no shot, you know. Like that. That's yeah. Like, spending a, a Sunday afternoon <laughs> driving to the Los Brazos uh, Valley yeah. tree farm. While I have, yeah. While I have <laughs> multitudes of cash on all kinds of NFL parlays, and you're gonna take me out into the wilderness <laughs> to cut down trees. A drink I'm just worried hot about cocoa the, <laughs> while the yeah. while the while the high schoolers tie up your tree and they say, "Hey, do you need any help getting it out of the car?" And you go, "No, I got it. <laughs> I'll <Yeah>. do it." <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, I'm, you know, my phone has no reception. I need the Viking score to know if I'm gonna, you know, cash out here. It it, it, it just sounds awful. Like I'm having, you know, uh, you know, just just uh, I'm shuddering thinking about spending an afternoon doing this. But uh, point is, trees up. Good here. There's also yeah. a mini tree. The mini tree is up as well. And um, she wants to go crazy now. She wants to put a tree upstairs in the den as well. So people can see another tree, like from the window. Ah, okay. I like it. I support it. We we uh, we ended up getting three trees last year as well in a, in a very ridiculous uh, way. So we only have like five rooms in our house, and three of them had trees. So 
Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 I think I you're going to lose that fight. Him. You should probably lose that fight. It's okay. Let her have it. Um, no dopes chat room. I can't believe your pronunciation of Joe Sladuke. How do you pronounce Joe Sladuke? What, how we, how are we well, botching Alan Forel believes that he's got a better way. So it's kind of French shit. I don't, I don't do well with the French. Let me see. Uh, if I could pull up a pronunciation, is it host Ledu? or, uh, maybe you're not supposed to say, uh, Joe's like, what's the, isn't that? The yeah. I, you're asking the wrong guy. I, uh, you know how maybe my, uh, you know how terrible my, uh, Spanish is. I think my French is worse. So maybe it's not Leduc. Maybe it's Ladu or something Ledoux, like that. Yeah. Ladu, like, Yeah. Ladoux, Joe Ladu, Joe Ladu, or something like that. Uh, yeah. uh, Joe uh, jo Ladu. Like, is that more, is that how you're supposed to say it? Like with, with that French, like, uh, you know, that flamboyant French kind of twist. Joe Ladu. Like, is that yeah, I was going to say Joe Ledoux is probably how you're supposed to actually say it, but uh, that's that's dumb. So I don't know. I, I like, mean, would, you, would you call him Joe Leduc? Joe Leduc. I just pronounce it like it's spelled. Yeah, yeah. Joe Leduc, you know? Yeah, I think Leduc um, is probably the problem. I don't think he's supposed to be Leduc. Probably Leduc, so. Leduc or something like that. Yeah, probably, Wait, but come where, on. Let me see if we can get this somewhere, because uh, where would you get the pronunciation of something like this? we got to hear somebody say it. Yeah, I don't know how you're going to uh, get the Joe Ledoux, um pronunciation anywhere online so yeah it's pronounced like your name oh, so it's joe it's joe ledu joe ledu you're right you don't okay. say the, the s yeah yeah all right well you learn something every yeah, day thank you Alan. I'll, listen i'll never go to france it doesn't matter <laughs> not gonna go to Qu what about quebec? quebec you're not gonna find your way in quebec montreal no use for quebec i don't like what people from canada tell me about quebec so no interest in quebec so any interest in any That's part of Canada? Have you ever been to Canada at all? Well, I mean, Niagara Falls, does that even count? No, it, it really doesn't. You just... You, well, you, you, you're probably on the American side anyway, right? No, we went to the Canadian okay, side. Okay, that's the better side anyway. Um, yeah. 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 That doesn't count. Though. It really that's doesn't. Like, no, it it's also sucks. <laughs> don't ever. If, you, if you're ever planning a trip to Niagara Falls, don't. It's cool for like <laughs> 11 minutes, and then you're like, all right, I'm kind of I'm wet, surprised and, you're not into that. No, nah, it's stunk. Yeah, it was stupid. Well, it's 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 gonna just erode anyway. It won't exist. That's soon. fine. It's all right. <laughs> soon, meaning you know, one point eight million years or something. Yeah, not soon enough, honestly. Um, no, there's just a lot of people, and you're just wet, and yeah, I don't know. It's not. Uh... You didn't? Did you walk underneath with the raincoat? I did, of course. Yeah, did the yeah. stupid boat, and yeah. Yeah, you had a dumb boat. <laughs> it's really late. Uh, like, there's um, people I know that go like to that area exclusively for that, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like The only reason we went is we were in Toronto, uh, and the only reason we were in Toronto was because I had to go to Buffalo for a wedding. And I was like, if I'm driving my ass all the way up to Buffalo, I'm definitely going to Toronto because uh, I don't want to spend my entire weekend or week in Buffalo. So um, no offense to uh, uh, Daniel Garcia. Uh, or any of the other Buffalo <laughs> crew, but uh, Puff, uh, no offense to them, but I did not want to spend a, uh, a, any more time in Buffalo than I had to. So, yeah, we were in Toronto, and I was like, ah, fuck, we're near Niagara Falls. Fine, we'll just go. And, uh, yeah, we were there for, like, an hour, and we both looked at each other, and we're like, can we go? And we're like, yeah, I think we can go. And then we left, and I never thought about it ever again. So. It says uh, it'll erode about 50,000 years from now. Okay, so. all right, I'll, I'll, I'll set a timer for that. You're planning that trip. You might want to get out there. <laughs> it does say, though, its current rate of erosion is one foot per year. Does that mean it's 50,000 feet tall? That doesn't make sense. Because if it's not going to... You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's. Uh, hmm. I'm getting conflicting information. Here. That's tough. Yeah, I don't know what that is. One foot per year. I mean, that's a lot. That seems like a lot. 
one foot per year. That's not good. I mean, yeah, that, that's bad. But it, it seems. I mean, that's probably semi-natural. You know, are what you I mean? telling me if you were there in 1970, it was 50 feet higher? That's what I mean. I don't, I don't think it. that's. Yeah, I'm not buying. I'm not buying it either. So that's a bad stat. I don't like that. Stat. That's from NiagaraParks.com, though. You the think liars. they would know what they're talking? They're, about. You know, but they're probably. You know, it's it's it's. They want you to get out there. Yeah, they're saying, "Hey, look, <laughs> if you don't go now, in, in 50,000 years, this thing's gone." So. Get out here this year, today, stay in some dumb, shitty hotel, and uh, hang out in our shitty restaurants and come get wet at the Niagara Falls. So The falls continue to erode. However, the rate has been greatly reduced due to flow control and diversion from hydropower generation. Oh, well, I fantastic. I, yeah. with that. I don't agree with that. Re- recession for at least the last 560 years has been estimated at 1 to 1.5 meters per year. Its current rate of erosion is estimated at 1 foot per year. And could possibly be reduced to one foot per ten years. We're switching from meters to yeah. Feet. We're going we're, yeah. Well, this this thing is a disaster. This is sketchy. Yeah, I don't I don't trust the Niagara Tourism Bureau or whatever the hell wrote this article. They, I, I they're 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 bi- very biased in this in this case. So um, we haven't had a guy go over in a barrel in a long time. No, the barrel people have. Ha- it has been a while. Yeah, that that is the only fun part about going there is uh, there is some. Uh, um, there's some reading that you can do, and there's a little, a few signs talking about people that have, have attempted to uh, to jump into the uh, falls and how that does not go very well for them at all. And uh, yeah, I don't, I can't remember the last time. I want to say it was not actually that long ago that someone did it, though. Um, man, when was it? It was. It, I, I swear to God, it wasn't that long that this happened. Um, a, a guy in a barrel? Not. A, I don't think it was a barrel per se. There, there has been many people that have tried the barrel, and. Um, <laughs> it's not going well for any of them. Yeah, 2019, a guy uh, uh, did it. Uh, a man climbed the retaining wall, jumped into the river, and went over to the Hor- Horseshoe Falls. Uh, he was found sitting on the rocks at the water's edge when it was done. Hmm. Oh, here we go. So 2017, Kirk Jones. Kirk Jones uh, went over the falls unprotected on uh, October 22nd, 2003. Made an attempt within an inflatable ball. The ball had been seen spinning in the rapids above the American Falls on April 19th and later went over the falls. Jones died in the attempt to do yeah. it. So. It used to happen a lot. Now, I don't think anyone really tries that. Anymore. No, yeah. The, the people used to put themselves in barrels all the time. And um, What would possess you to, to like, well, like, what's the point? I'm not like, quite sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not quite these sure. Weren't, these weren't suicide attempts. They just thought they were being wacky. Yeah, like, yeah, like, they really thought. A, a few people were like legit daredevils. Uh, I forget, like you know, legit, you know, people that nah. that. Again, but, I don't have any time for it. I could never be a daredevil. Yeah, I'd be a terrible daredevil. And I, then, well, I, this this also really relates to a, a conversation we had I, probably about a year ago at this time. This uh, Ed Delahanty, the uh, baseball player who. Big Ed Delahanty. Yeah, who jumped into the, uh, <laughs> got really drunk and jumped into the falls and uh, oh, quote unquote jumped. Yeah. Did not make it. Yeah, did not make it. Uh, he, he was uh, brandishing a blade and yeah, it was. It's a whole thing. Yeah, but uh, he did not survive. The uh, Hall of Famer, fall. Big Ed Delahanty. So we had uh, yeah, 2017. That guy died. 2012. Somebody tried to go. So the problem is they're um, they're kind of mixing up like people that have fallen in there and then people who are are deliberately trying to get in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this this says an unnamed man in his early 40s uh, became the fourth person to survive an unprotected trip over Horseshoe Falls. Eyewitnesses report that he deliberately jumped into the Niagara River after climbing over the railing. Uh, he was reportedly suffered life-changing injuries, later specified as broken ribs, collapsed lung, and lacerations. Fucking Bruce Willis from Unbreakable. Yeah, over here. that's pretty nuts. Hey. That's pretty nuts, yeah. Yeah. 
2,000 years from now, the American Falls could dry up. The Horseshoe Falls will not See, that I could see happening before the erosion. Well, yeah, it says the Horseback Falls will notch back for 15,000 years. And then 50,000 years from now, at the present rate of erosion, the remaining 20 miles to Lake Erie will have been undermined. And there won't be falls anymore, but there will still be a river. So there you go. Cool. <laughs> Stinks. Yeah, I like the outdoors. That was uh, that was a stinky outdoor thing because it was just it's it's too it's very corporatized. It's 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 the the really dollar store like Las Vegas Strip out there uh, mm. by the falls. Yeah. I didn't realize it was like that. Now, yeah, yeah, it's all just gimmicky restaurants and gimmicky hotels and stuff like that. It it it's like Orlando. If you took Orlando and instead of Disney World, there's the Niagara Falls. It's basically that. So. But, like, not good restaurants, like Rainforest Cafe. And oh, stuff. yeah, you're talking Rainforest Cafe types and fucking, there's probably a Hard Rock. I'm sure there's a Hard Rock there. Stuff like that, like those gimmicky sort of dumb Hard things, Rock so. Niagara. Right, <laughs> right? the Hard Rock. The dopey t-shirt. <laughs> I spend so much time making fun yeah. of people that wear those Hard Rock t-shirts. Yeah. The yeah, Hard Rock insert city here the the best one and and, and we have we have a log of this the nurse and i have a log of these of like ones that we've seen where we just make fun of the people because you're in these like amazing towns like the best one we've ever seen was hard rock rome that this fucking asshole this dude yeah. i wanted to stop him too and talk to him but it, but yeah. i was told by the nurse that i could not you go to rome <laughs> in italy yeah. where trust me i've been there anywhere you walk within 10 feet is some restaurant serving delicious food i promise you yeah. Somewhere like every alley, every corner, every there's just food everywhere. I, we gained like 20 pounds when we went there. It was just food everywhere. There's bread everywhere. There's pasta everywhere. There's fish everywhere. It's delicious. It's unbelievable. There's pizza everywhere. It's incredible. This asshole went to the Hard Rock Cafe in Rome. Yeah, and well, got a you know. dumb T-shirt. And where's that T-shirt out? Where's it proudly? So, even look, even if you're in Rome, sometimes you want some chicken fingers and mozzarella sticks. <laughs> no, you, know what I mean? you don't you get the mozzarella sticks. <laughs> no, you can it's, get mozzarella. I'm positive. Well, they, they, I'm, I don't know if uh, any real know, Italian you, man would make you uh, mozzarella sticks, but man wanted a bacon cheeseburger. You can't kill him. <laughs> you know, it's, I, it's, you know, I will say that it is it a, after spending like a week and a half in Italy. The first thing I did when I came back is I got a hamburger because you, you really you really truly do get sick of the food, I, I will say, because it is very tailored towards like, uh, you know, Italian, quote unquote, Italian food or whatever. And that, you know, that includes seafood and that includes everything as well. But, yeah, I was really kind of hankering for just a fucking hamburger at one point. So, yeah, yeah, you get you, you probably get sick of these Italians telling you you can't put cheese on seafood or something you know because they're real <laughs> particular about how you eat the food too like you can't you can't you can't break the rules yeah i did find out about halfway through our trip that uh i was a heathen for eating the pizza with my hands i didn't realize because i was just like you know, i just like pick it up and eat it or whatever and i'm sure they knew yeah. i was an american but i noticed i was getting like weird looks and i was like how oh, these people are looking at it. it's like whatever and then later one guy came up and said uh could you please use the fork and the knife and i was like oh all right sure yeah, <laughs> it was like a nice place, and they had like it was like a nice pizza place. You know what I mean, a classy right. like pizza place. And I'm like, oh, whatever, it's pizzas. I pick it up and I eat it. And the guy had to come up and say, um, um sir, uh, here we uh, like, prefer if you would use the fork yeah. and the knife. Sir, remove your baseball cap and stop <laughs> right, uh, yeah, right. and stop eating with your hands. Right. I know you're wearing jeans and tennis shoes, and it's already pretty disgusting to us. But uh, yes, could yeah. you please also remove your hat and, and 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 eat with a fork and knife, please? Thank you. Yeah. Your your hands, you disgusting American. Vile American dumbass. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's that's you know. Yeah, can't really blame the guy honestly. No, no, that's Probably. fair. That's fair. 
Yeah. You probably asked for pineapple on that pizza. Too. <laughs> I did not ask for pineapple on the pizza. Pineapple and ranch dressing. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't see any ranch when I was there. So, yeah, that's for sure. But otherwise, I mean, it, it, the food wise, they, they have everything else. They didn't really care that much about anything else. Uh, no chicken on the pasta, though, right? No, no, no. And they like it, it's very weird, too, because yeah. like you come to, you know, America, it's like you order something and then they're like, all right, well, do you want to take this off and put this on and add this and change this and yada, yada, yada. That shit wasn't flying there. It's like, this is on the fucking right. menu. Point to it, say the name, and you're done. Like, I'm not yeah. adding anything to it. I'm not taking anything off. Like, you can go hit the fucking bricks and go to the place across the street if you want. This is what I make. This is what you're going to eat. And, and, and I do appreciate that because uh, it is kind of annoying to, you know, eat with somebody and they, they order something and then they fucking, they change 10 things on it. And it's like, well, what the hell? Like, just. Yeah. Yeah, so I want this dish, but can I get a different type of pasta? Can you add chicken? Can you change the sauce? Can you do It's like, get mm-hmm. out of here. It's, it's this weird. on the side, extra <laughs> right, this. Right. There might be a chef back there very insulted. Yeah, I always think about that. Yeah, and I'm sure it doesn't – like at Outback Steakhouse, I'm sure the chef doesn't care that much, but I don't know. Right. Chef at Outback Steakhouse? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Can I admit – and then then we will talk about wrestling. Yeah. Can I admit that uh, we we were desperate for food uh, a couple days ago, and we drove by and we said, all right, you know where we haven't been in in – I haven't been to in probably 20 years. She hadn't been to in like 15 years or whatever, Outback Steakhouse. Listen, nothing wrong with hitting it. It was a damn good meal. I'm not, it was a day, way too many calories. Like, just fucking the portions were ridiculous. Everything was just gigantic. The the baked potato came like as salted as as humanly possible. The outside of the baked potato was filled with crystallized salt. Nobody needed that. Nobody needs that. But uh, it was a damn good steak. I can't lie. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes these places aren't that bad. Like, you know, some of them are awful. Like, yeah. you're never going to get a good meal at Applebee's. It just is what it is. Right, you know right, right. I mean? You know you know the gimmick. Yeah. Oh, by the way, are you going to get those uh, flaming uh, hot Cheeto uh, wings that uh, Applebee's are talking I about? I probably should do a Joe Eats with that, huh? Yeah, those are pretty horrific looking. <laughs> so I think you should now, do that. It? It's wings rolled in Cheeto dust? Yes, yeah, yeah. So they're, I, I'm pretty sure you can get them boneless or bone-in. Um, yeah. I think I would want to, for your purposes, just go boneless so you can just eat them as quickly as possible. Uh, but never ever eat a boneless wing. <laughs> I, I am the man of this house, and I am not eating a boneless. I'm not. I just think chicken, they're so bad, though. That okay, chicken nuggies. I, I it's it's not a wing. It's a chicken nuggie. Yeah, it is a chicken nuggie for sure. But yeah, I they, don't eat chicken nuggets. You know why? Because I'm not twelve. <laughs> so no, I'm not eating boneless wings. All right. Well, so then you can get the bone in uh, Applebee's. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, they're just they're rolled in 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 flaming hot Cheeto dust and. uh the pro- see, I would dipped love in copious that. amounts of ranch from, from per the commercial. So, oh god, the problem is I have to go inside of the Applebee's and pick it up, right? Because it's an Applebee's. So now I get well. Do they? They have a. I think Applebee's has one of those ghost kitchens, right? I You're think. Probably right. Yeah, I think my buddy orders from them all the time. And I, right. I think I told him, I'm I like, you know, it's a ghost kitchen, and uh, and he didn't know. You that. know what? Let's get real crazy. Let's see if I get that delivered right now. Let's see. <laughs> like on the show. Like you want that yeah, coming yeah, yeah. during the show. A live, a live Joe Eats, right? Okay. All right. Hey, go for it. Let's see if we can get this done. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. I got 19 of these fucking apps. Oh, you know what? Forget it. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. I got a new phone and I haven't logged in. To oh, forget it. Yeah, it's going to take yet. too long. So yeah, now I got to gonna... redo all the fucking passwords. You're going to hear me spitting and cursing. It's just not verify good. your email address. You have to open yes. your email, all that stuff. Get out of here. Yeah. So that was a good idea on paper. But all right, I'm already getting codes in my fucking. Yeah. Oh, messages. forget it. You're done. You're done. Yeah. yeah fuck this. Do it. Do um, it. Do it as a Joey. Make some money off of it. 
monetize that disgustingness of that. So you know, you're right. You're right. Uh, Alan in the no dove chat room uh, says, "I went to Outback Steakhouse. He outbacks. He calls it Outbacks Steakhouse, outbacks. which I enjoy. Right. Uh, in New he's Jersey. A, he's a, a foreign. He's a foreign man. It's yeah, okay. yeah. No, no. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I just I, th- I I like that. I like that. Uh, he says, so I went to Outback Steakhouse. They got they got the troubles over there. You can give them a pass if they don't pronounce Outback. I'm steakhouse just I, th- I found it funny. You know? I, I I enjoyed yeah. it. So I went to uh, I went to an Outback Steakhouse in New Jersey with Sarah. That's just the the lovely Sarah Forel. Uh, yeah. The only other person in this establishment was. June Kasai, Deathmatch legend, June Kasai. <laughs> what an incredible story. I love it. It doesn't get any better just than June that. Kasai just June. dunking a, a fucking blooming onion into yeah. the fucking ranch concoction they give you. Just being like, that's damn good. This is good stuff here. Like, June you know? Kasai crushing a blooming onion all by himself. <laughs> right? right? Just, it's just... Alan, Sarah, and June yeah. Kasai. <laughs> yeah. In this New Jersey Outback Steakhouse. That is awesome. <laughs> this was New Jersey. New Jer- Wait a minute, New Jersey. A, I guess they went to Outback in New Jersey. I don't know. I don't know where the uh, Outback in New Jersey. I got probably a WrestleMania weekend. I'm sure a WrestleMania weekend. So, yeah, that's even better that it was just the four L's and June Kasai in an Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> now now the, the big question is: Did they go over to June Kasai and, and talk to uh, June, or do you think they stayed separate in their own table? You know, I, I gotta tell you, if if I see the crazy monkey eating a blooming onion in an outback steakhouse in New Jersey, I probably leave him alone. I I, I, I feel like <laughs> yeah, a lot of things have happened to 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 get him in that you know ha- yeah. where before the 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 four L's walked in, Jukasai was the only person that right. man that man. Imagine the imagine when they went back, you know, imagine the waitress that said, "Hi, I'm I'm Stacy. I'm gonna be your waitress," uh, and like. June Kasai looks up at you. You know what I mean? And says, yeah, yeah. water. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or and you go, okay, yeah, all right, I'll be right back. Like, you go to the back and be like, Jesus Christ, guys, look who we, – we have one person left. You know, the cooks are probably sitting there spinning plates or whatever, bored yeah. out of their mind. And you come back and you say, guys, you got to see – there's this very weird-looking man, <laughs> this weird-looking Japanese guy is the only customer we have right now. Um that's got to just be a trip, yeah. Thank- Two different colored eyes. <laughs> right. Yeah, it yeah, keeps everything. Because I imagine he's got to keep the contacts in, right? He doesn't take those contacts out. He's, a, he's not a normal dude ever, right? Are those contacts? I thought he just... I, I don't think those are his real eyes. I, I don't... Uh... You sure about that? Uh, I guess I'm not entirely sure. I, I think I... I, I think so, but the, the old work is the new work, Rich. You never know. Yeah, it's it's very possible. Knowing Jun Kasai, but you have two different colored eyes. I know a guy with two different colored eyes. What's the? Uh, it's a famous actress with two different colored eyes too. Your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea. You have no idea who I'm talking about, no, do you? No clue. What's her name? Jane uh... Fonda. Hey, not Jane Fonda. Um. I'll think of it during the show and I'll blur <laughs> it out. Please do. Please, yeah, just randomly blur it out uh, as quick as possible. Do you think he still had dried blood on him or, or do you think he had at least cleaned off most of the dry blood? He probably always has dried blood That's on him. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know that he could ever not have just a little bit. I think bit. he probably always has open sutures somewhere on yeah, his body. Yeah, right, right, right. You know? I mean, the guy, is he's, he's walking scar tissue at this point. He's lived a hard life. He's, he has, yeah. Um that's a tough way to make money. It is, yeah. I, I watched a little bit of the Nick Cage Invitational this uh, this weekend as well, and just thinking of these uh, death, guys and being like, man, death <laughs> matches, death matches, fucking stink. Yeah, Why t- do people get it? Takeda did. Takeda did three. He did a death match. To it was like the semifinal, 
did a death match, and then they made the 10-minute clock to, to so they could set the ring up, and they, they went away for 10 minutes, and they come back, and Takeda's back in the ring. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy was bleeding buckets 10 minutes ago, and he's back out here. He's still kind of bleeding. They I guess he had maybe washed off a little bit, probably with a rag or something like that, and is right back at it. First spot, boom, he's bleed, busted open, bleeding all over again. I was like, God damn, what a fucking life. <laughs> it's a tough life. It's the lowest form of pro wrestling. It really is. Um, Jane Seymour has two. Jane Seymour. Eyes. Okay, I don't know who I. If, who's the hell's Jane Seymour? I should. Uh, I should you know probably know Jane who that is. Seymour. Come on, you'd know her if you saw. Oh, her. that's Jane Seymour. Okay, yeah, yeah. Jane Seymour. She played Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. Remember that uh, show from? Uh, probably not, huh? Okay. I do. No, uh, I remember Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. That was her. Okay. Yeah, that was. I think that was Jane Seymour. Yeah, yeah. good for her. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm yeah. mixing up Murder, She Wrote and Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. I don't know why. Because I'm, like, I'm like, that doesn't look like the lady from And then I, I, I get it. Now. Two very different shows. Uh, very, yeah. Show. Yeah, for sure. You know, Angela Lansbury is still alive. Good for her. How's that possible? She got to be at least. She's 100 yet. Angela Lansbury is 96 years old. All right. Think she has quality of life or. Hmm. Betty White's still doing all right. Yeah, I was going to say, Betty White seems fine. Yeah, I don't know. Like, do you think Angela Lansbury could eat a steak? <laughs> could she go to Outback Steakhouse with Jun Kasai? Right. Um, mm. Can she eat an apple? Like, more, like you know. Oh, like, like her, 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 can her teeth? Does she have enough teeth to actually eat an apple? Right. Um, can she eat a well-done steak? Or, I think know, she could. Steak? Yeah, I think so. Like, I give her like a frozen Milky Way from the kids' Halloween stash. Yeah, I think she could pull it off. Uh, the, the the frozen Milky Way might be tough. Yeah. So I I, I did a quick I did a quick search Angela Lansbury twenty twenty one if these pictures are accurate she seems fine. She's doing all right. Yeah, okay. looks all right. It's great. It says yeah, actress turns ninety five. So yeah, she looks looks fine. Old, but hell, fuck ninety five. That's the hell of a oh, run. She's fucking ninety five, Rich. I, mean, I definitely am do not. I'm not going to, and I don't want to see ninety five. That is much geez, too long uh, for me. I listen. I'll take it if I've got qual. If I could have quality of life. I'll if you can eat an apple, if you can eat an apple and eat a steak with Junkasai, you'll take it. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, if I'm, you know, if it's a bad ninety five, then yeah, I don't think anybody wants that, right? Uh, Matthew says, remember when Angela Lansbury was the lead-in on Raw back in 1996? Angela, oh, that really, was it really? I don't even I guess, that. what was that show? I don't even remember that show. It could have been Murder, She Wrote, right? It was Murder, She Wrote reruns. It wasn't uh, La Femme Nikita, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, you're horny for that La Femme Nikita. Loved, loved some of the La Femme Nikita. Well, that's, that's when... That's when you first started getting boners, right? Right, so, you're right. You don't know what it is, but you're like, I don't know what's going on, but damn, Lefemme is really working for me. Silk so. stockings, right? Oh, I love, yeah, silk stockings. Sto- yeah, I think silk stockings is actually a little bit more than Lefemme to be honest. Yeah. So, um, and I was a little bit before USA's Up All Night with, uh, what the hell was her name? Oh. Uh, I, I, yeah. caught, I caught it a few times, uh, USA's Up All Night, but I forget what That's, her uh, name the blonde, was. Right? The blonde, right? Ronda Sheer, Ronda Sheer, yeah. Ronda Sheer. She was at WrestleMania that, that one year, right? Yeah, WrestleMania 10, I think. I think she had WrestleMania 10 with Burt Reynolds and his, his bandaged hand. Yeah, Ronda Shear. wonder what she's up to. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not much, right? Ronda she's Shear. 67. Yeah. 67. You she's, know, women who were... So if you look up Ronda Shear, rondashear.com is bras and underwear for everybody and every size. So. Oh, well, she's up to something then. She's running a business, I guess. 
Ah, yeah. bra she made in 2010. Now, there it goes. In, in 2001, she started an intimate apparel business that was marketed on the Home Shopping Network. So good for her. I was actually way wrong about her. She looks great. And she's killing it. She's making money. She looks great. Yeah. I thought she'd just, you know, crawl into a hole and disappear. Nah, she's killing but it. She's, so, she's apologized to Rhonda Shear. Oh, that's a titty pic of Rhonda Shear. I, <laughs> I saw that one, too. That comes up very quickly on, uh, on Google there, man. Wow. You look up Rhonda Shear's second pick. Yeah, it's a titty pick. One titty hanging out. And it's like she's got old lady hair in the picture though. It's weird. Like, yeah, it's that not... was yeah, yeah. That's that's why that didn't really do much for me. There's nothing that. sexy about this at all. She she's got like grandma <laughs> hair. And she's got these big naturals. And one of them is just hanging out, like one of these big natties that she's got here. But it's the grandma hair is really throwing me <laughs> off. I think I prefer sixty seven year old Rhonda Shear selling the bra. Yeah, that not bad. Yeah, she's, she's killing it. Yeah. She's looking good there. I would do her. I would do sex with her. That that picture right there, the one with the home shopping network with the with the bra model next to her. Are you looking at that? I, I did, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. What it, I, I would uh what do the kids say? I would clap those cheeks, Rich. The kids are saying <laughs> these days. Christ. You know? So there you go. Uh, if you if you scroll down on the run of share, and then I swear to God we'll get to wrestling. But this this actually does relate to wrestling. It this is, is wrestling. Right. You, that's Shawn Michaels pick. <laughs> yeah, it says the the, the headline is Ronda Shear, Shawn Michaels, and a fanny pack. All signs of a wild '90s night. And my God, yeah. imagine the night that 1994 Shawn Michaels and Ronda Shear had. Oh yeah. Well, he clapped those cheeks. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. No doubt about it. Yeah. Her boobies are all over this, actually. Now that if yeah, it's not hard woman. to see Roger Shears' breasts. She's uh, not not the most modest woman. I mean, she's no, out there. No. Hey, you know what? If you got them, uh, use them. She's yep. got them. And she's are... made money. She's still making money off of them, so good for she her. She is. She's selling brassiers, Rich. <laughs> so, yeah, she's making money on on those tatas. Um yeah, all right. Well, there you go. There's your there's your catch up on Ronda Shear. Yeah, if you're wondering what Ronda Shear is up to and 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 what the former host of USA's Up All Night is up to, that's that that's what she's up to. So, selling bras for uh, every shape and every woman. So, all right, so we should get them on the. I'm still getting text messages from Uber Eats. <laughs> like, hey, you were trying to sign in, pal. You want to sign in? Yes. Come on, come on, come on. We'll help you're you. signing in from a new device. Here's your four-digit password. You're about to get a coupon uh, code pretty soon. Hey, don't abandon yeah. the card. Here's 10% off. Yeah, here's 15% off. Yeah. Ugh, I just was such a mistake. You yeah. can't. Yeah, God. I'll never use that app again because it's too much of a hassle to get back into it. But anyway, let's finally get to some wrestling here. Uh, plenty on the docket, uh, believe it or not, this week, despite the fact that we spent an hour talking about the utter bullshit. Uh, AW Full Gear, the fallout from that, uh, a little bit of the buy numbers as well, some interesting stuff going on there. WWE Survivor Series, Joe. Yes, the battle for brand supremacy is this weekend. It's teams of five strive to survive this weekend. It's happening. You didn't forget it. You definitely knew that this was happening this weekend, so we're going to talk about it, review it, recap it, or preview it, I should say. Uh, and then the most interesting part about Survivor Series is the Charlotte-Becky thing, which we're going to talk about that. Get into the uh, nuts and bolts of the Charlotte versus Becky thing. Uh, Rev Pro Uprising, that's coming up this weekend. We're going to talk about that. Uh, New Japan Battle in the Valley, we both uh, watched that show, so we're going to review and recap that. Uh, and then a little check-in on Best of the Super Juniors and World Tag League uh, and some other stuff along the way uh, as well. But... um Let's, let's do this AEW Full Gear. So let's start out here. First off, uh, we are not going to recap all of Full Gear. If you want to hear that, $10 tier, patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling. We did an instant reaction live immediately following the show. We went almost, I think, two hours, just under two hours, uh, recapping every single match, giving our star ratings, giving our recap, giving our reviews, all that sort of stuff. So that is up. 
Instant Reaction Live. You can find it at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling on the 10 dollar tier so we're not going to do that here we're not going to go match by match here but we are going to talk a little bit about the fallout and and kind of the most interesting news uh from full gear i thought uh was uh this coming from brandon thurston that the early numbers for full gear 2021 or 2021 uh pay-per-view buys 145,000 pay-per-view buys for full gear 2021 so to kind of give you some context to that and these are all estimates because AEW, you know obviously is not a publicly traded company they don't actually have to reveal these numbers but enough people with sources enough people with some questions and, and asking around or whatever have come to these rough estimates of, of these numbers for every one of these pay-per-view buys but uh all out now that's going to be kind of the anomaly here Two hundred five thousand for all out now that was a huge number when it happened everybody was kind of excited about it I don't think anybody assumed that that was going to be the norm, I guess. I, I don't know. I guess I should ask you. Did you think that that was like the new normal for AEW? Or did you think this was like kind of a one, one in a million? This is like the the big show. And, and maybe we'll see. Maybe in, in a few years down the line, if they're hotter than ever, it'll, it'll get bigger. But this all out felt like it was like a confluence of a lot of things happening at once. And I'm not surprised that that one is so far ahead of all these other pay-per-view buys at, at 205,000. Uh, CM Punk's first match in seven years. They weren't going to do that again. Um. You know, the Google searches for that show crushed oh, insane. Insane. all of the other AW pay-per-view Google searches. Our internal numbers for everything were like double across the board for All Out versus all of the other AEW pay-per-views. We were talking about that earlier this week. So, no, no, no. You couldn't expect this show to match All Out. But um, the fact that at least this estimate is telling us that it was the most purchased show other than All Out is a really good sign. I think it's a feather in the cap for a lot of different people. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, the match clearly had interest. Um, the long-term booking, so, you know, Tony Khan, he told a two-year-long story and paid it off. So you have to give uh, the booking some credit here, the two people that were in the main event. And I think you also have to credit people like CM Punk and Brian Danielson and, and and Adam Cole, who came to the company. The company has more star power now. So, you know, because of that, the pay-per-views are going to do a little better. But you can't completely chalk it up to, you know, the new names and the big stars they've brought in. You have to credit the main event. It, at the end of the day, if people didn't care about Hangman Page's story and they didn't care about this main event, you know, I'm not sure it does a, a number that healthy. So... Um, you know, I've seen some people kind of chalk it up to Punk and Danielson, and I, yeah, that's a factor as well. But don't disregard this story. The the core AEW fan base uh, was very much into this Hangman Page arc, and um, and and I think that that these pay per view results reflect that. Absolutely, yeah, and it's a testament to the floor on the on the company, just kind of raising a, a lot as well. Because you know, looking looking at these numbers again, double or nothing. Uh, estimated 98,000 pay-per-view buys right out of the gates. That was obviously their, their first show, uh, Double or Nothing. All Out, uh, 2019, 88,000. So, you know, a, a bit of a drop there. But uh, Full Gear 2019, 80,000. So, again, another another pretty precipitous drop there. Uh, Revolution 2020, 90,000 uh, for the buys there. Double or Nothing 2020, 105,000. So, you know, kind of a nice uptick there. All Out 2020, back down to the 90,000. Full Gear 2020, 85,000. So, that's the okay, comp right stop. there. Yeah. So, stop. The first uh, seven pay-per-views were all, we used to talk about this, right at like that 100,000 range, give or take a couple thousand. Mm -hmm. And you also have to remember, these are Brandon Thurston estimates. The Dave Meltzer estimates are a little bit higher for most, if not all, of these shows. 
And these are all estimates. Yeah. So you see for the first seven shows of the company's existence, and this takes us right through, you know, almost all of these were during the pandemic. And a lot of these weren't even in front of fans. They were doing a very consistent number. Like it was pretty much clockwork. They were going to do about a hundred thousand shows and they were going to do a little bit more for double or nothing. I think what we've seen now is all out and double or nothing out of the four pay-per-views have kind of been established as bigger than Revolution and Full Gear. Uh, not to the same degree that a WrestleMania or a Wrestle Kingdom would be in relation to the other shows in those companies. But I do think for whatever reason, fans see Double or Nothing as all out as slightly bigger shows than the other two. So you're going to read off the rest of these numbers, and this is where we start to see a jump. Yeah, and the big one here is going to come Revolution 2021, 135,000. So that's obviously February yeah. of this year, 135,000. Yeah. It's a big one so right that, there. That was their and that was their record until all out. Yep, double or nothing 2021, a little bit of a drop there, 115,000, but again, that's better than any other one before Revolution so that we're seeing, Correct. you know, we're seeing a whole yeah. new floor being set here and then all out comes out 205,000 for all out, which which will Probably not be eclipsed, like I said, for, for a little while. And, and hell, if it does, that's great news for them if this ends up getting eclipsed uh, pretty soon. Uh, and then full gear here, we see at 145,000. So it, 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 it's yeah. those are great numbers. I mean, like you said, they were hovering around that 80 to 100,000, somewhere in the 90 to 100,000, a lot of the pay-per-views as well. And now it's 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 almost like clockwork. They're going over 100,000, over 120,000, 135,000 for Revolution, 205,000 for All Out, and 145,000 for, for full gear. So those are, those are great numbers. Been raised. If they if they do a pay-per-view now that does 100,000 buys, that's going to be a disappointment. Yeah. And that's basically where they were sitting for the first year and a half of the company. So, And that's a product of um, having more stars on the roster and just consistent growth and putting out a consistently good product. Well, people forget, and when people get wrapped up in the minutia of these weekly ratings and everything, it's, it does take time. And you do have to examine this stuff, and we all get wrapped up in the week-to-week sometimes. We all do it. We all fall victim to it. But you really have to look at this stuff from a wider lens. And I think if you look at these pay-per-view numbers that we just went over with a wider lens, you can see the pattern of growth. And you can see what caused uh, all of these jumps along the way as well. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. This is sort of their new baseline. This is their new floor. Um, and moving forward, I mean, you just want to keep that growth going. And it's the same thing uh, when it comes to any, you know, consumer business metric, whether it's uh, 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 television viewers or pay-per-view buys or anything else. So it's just so many people are fixated on this on this uh, arbitrary one million viewer thing. Like if the, the Dynamite ratings come in and if it's 986,000 viewers, <laughs> it's a failure. But if it's a hundred, if it's one million, uh, you know, uh, eighty thousand. Right, viewers, ten thousand more people watched it. Now all of a sudden, yeah. it's a it's a great. Oh, they success. hit a million. Yeah, they hit the arbitrary million. You know, it's it, it's like, you know, people get really wrapped up in that, and that's a byproduct of the Monday Night War era when you know, when when, and it's 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 carried through twenty five years, and it's just uh, it, it it doesn't make sense. It's just an arbitrary figure, but. Um, with any of these things, again, it's you, you, you got to when you're looking for growth and whatnot. It's a wide. This is a company that's is it three years old yet? It's about three years old or something like that. Not even. Yeah, not even. Three no, years old next yeah, year. about to get there. And you know, um, they've beaten Raw uh, 
you know, and two or three times. I think it was twice um, at this point, and and they were nipping on their heels again this week. Raw did a point four two, and Dynamite did a point three seven. And I guess that's a good transition into the Dynamite number. I find that number to be slightly disappointing. I can't call it a good number, but I can't call it a bad number either because they had growth over the last two weeks where they were in the point three three range. But I, I I did have hopes that the Hangman coronation and coming off a, a excellent pay per view that they could hit a point four again. They did hit point four the first week of the West Coast nonsense, so I figured that's a good target, right? Because they did it once before, even with the West Coast time moved, and they're coming off the pay per view. They didn't quite get there, but they had growth from the previous two weeks, which shows you that there was interest in watching the post pay per view show. And it did finish third on the night, only behind two NBA games. Yeah, that, so it, to yeah. me, that was pretty impressive. You know, where yeah. you know, just being third on the night and, and the only two things that beat it is an NBA game. Like, I consider that if I'm TNT, that's a good thing for us for sure. If I'm yeah. AEW, I yeah. consider that a pretty damn awesome as well. I, I don't think it's a, some enormous win of a number, but it's not a bad number. No, it's it's you know, personally, I was hoping they would do more, but you know, and now we'll see. Look, it's going to go back down, and. Now we wait until they go to TBS, and I have a feeling, like we talked about on on the live instant reaction, that the main event of that show is going to be Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson. I think that's what they're going to do to establish that first night on TBS and make sure that people find where the show has moved, and that that would be the best way to do it. So, um, I guess we'll talk about that. I mean, did did you watch Dynamite? I watched about half of Dynamite. I didn't see all of it. I kind of had to skip did you through see some the Brian parts. Of it. Stuff? I did. Yes, I, I yeah. made it. I made it a mission to watch that. I wanted to watch it live. I wanted to watch kind of the the, the you know we weren't able to watch it exactly live because we were recording a, <laughs> a show at that time. So uh, when we were done recording, though, I was able to watch it you know almost immediately afterwards and, and stayed pretty much spoiler free as well uh, because we were busy recording one of the uh, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame segments. Uh, that we were doing, so I watched it completely, not knowing exactly at all what was happening, at all what the reactions were, uh, and oh my god, I thought it was fucking incredible. I, I have no idea on your thoughts. I didn't listen to your Thursday T reviews, uh, Patreon.com/slash Voices of Wrestling, but uh, that was fucking pro wrestling one hundred and one for me. I, I I loved loved that entire segment. The American Dragon stuff, yeah. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. It's I mean, so great. It's so great. <laughs> I mean, it's, from from the moment that Hangman talks, I, I the, from the moment you know the fans chant, "You deserve it." And he yeah. goes, hey, I don't want to interrupt you. I fucking earned it. I was like, yes, yeah. wrestling, pro wrestling. Yeah. Like, yes. I was like, oh, I'm already in. And it just got better and better and better as it went on. Uh, it's just the thing I say about AEW all the time, at its core, it's a pro wrestling company. And it doesn't try to be anything more than a pro wrestling company. Instead of Hangman Page going out there and talking for 25 fucking minutes, he talks for three, four minutes, talks about how he won it, yada, yada, yada. Gets right to work with, okay, what's the next match? What's my next conflict? Who's my next fight? Talks about Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson comes out, or and then they just fucking go. You know what I mean? Like, they just start. <laughs> they just get at it right away. And it's, oh, my. The, what Brian Danielson does in that, that segment, that was, he's so good. It, he, he, it makes me so much more upset. And, and you mentioned this a couple weeks ago as well. I don't know if I'm upset about Okay. I, I don't know what to think about Brian Danielson right now. Am I, should I be upset that he was wasted for the last decade? Yes, or, you should. Okay, because I, I am every single week. I, 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 I have this conflict, this internal conflict of is it better because it was taken away from us that for 10 years it was taken away and now it's back? Or am I angry because what the fuck? Why did you not know what you had in this guy? I, I have to tell you that I see where you're coming from with that. But the more that I see of Brian Danielson and his return to pro wrestling, 
is that the more bitter I get at the entire WWE run. And I realize in hindsight how I fooled myself into thinking it was good. Yeah. I, I because it can't even touch what he's doing now. And obviously it couldn't touch what he was doing before. But like we, it we liked a, it, right? You know, like I and I did. Like we came out of the show and we liked it. And we would say, uh, ah, you know, like we didn't say we loved it. Like go back and listen to our shows. We didn't like the flying goat stuff. We didn't like the yeah. underdog stuff. But the at its core, yeah. it was still Brian Danielson wrestling. We thought. We thought. Yeah. But then, you know, because I'm doing that right now, I'm going through, you know, Daniel Bryan's run in WWE up to, you know, WrestleMania 30, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling uh, as well. And I'm watching that while I'm also watching these Bryan Danielson things and watching them at the same time. I I, I get angry. <laughs> like you said, I get because I'm watching these Daniel Bryan things and I'm like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And then I watch Dynamite and it's like Brian Danielson comes out. The crowd loves him. He tur- He makes them turn on him within like two minutes of talking. Has you so ready for a, a match between these two guys? Has you so ready for this feud between these two guys? And it's just, it's masterful stuff. And he's not doing anything besides being Brian Danielson, a guy who wrestles. He's being the American Dragon Brian Danielson. Yeah, it was, uh, he's channeling that 2006 ROH yep. champion mm-hmm. where he kind of, you know, was, was, was in kayfabe. The champion was kind of bored. So he was spicing things up by being passive aggressive and, um, he didn't go full heel or anything like that, but it wasn't exactly subtle stuff either. That that's what this is, and he's he's done this routine before. But to answer your question, I look back at the entire WWE run, and I now just see it as a gigantic waste of time. It, it was a watered down. Um, I don't know what the proper word is. I don't know that cartoon is the right. In some in some ways, it was a cartoon version of what he should have been. I guess cartoon is a good descriptor because the flying goat stuff and the underdog and the B plus player, it was a cartoonish version of what this guy should have been. And I'm more bitter about it because they robbed us of a decade of this guy's solid prime because now he's on the back end and he's still great, but his prime, we were robbed of his prime and I was fooled into thinking I enjoyed a lot of it. But in hindsight, I really have no interest in going back and watching any of it. It's infuriating. It, it's, 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 I will it, tell you, it is, it infuri- it is absolutely infuriating to you're watch no, this you're stuff. You're watching it, so you know. I'm watching, watching it, and, and, and the problem is, like, he's doing a good job of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, a lot of the stuff that he's doing, like, he's doing the dumb comedy, he's doing the no, 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 and he's doing it well, and that's another thing that you realize, like, holy shit, and this, he was one of the guys we always would talk about, and we used to, I always used to have this phrase with WWE, that the cream will always rise to the top in that company. That no matter what you do, the great guys, the guys who are truly talented and truly, truly, truly great, will rise to the top and will be good and will, you know. And that used to be true for a while. And that kind of happened with Daniel Bryan is they gave him bullshit after bullshit after bullshit, and he made it work. He said, fine, fuck it. I'll be the no guy. Ah, fine, fuck it. I'll be the underdog flying goat guy. Fuck it. But I'm Brian Danielson, so I'm going to make it work because I'm one of the greatest wrestlers ever. And that used to be the case in that company. It's obviously not the case anymore. Nobody can rise to the top. It's over. There's, it, it, it's done. Like Nobody, nobody can help you know, and, and, and rise above anything in that company. But he was so damn good at it. But the problem, though, is you're watching it and you're like, he's so good at it. And then you watch Dynamite and you're like, that's they could have just done that. <laughs> it could have just been himself. He could have just been a human being instead of a flying underdog goat guy or whatever. And it's just, yeah, it is... It's just something else uh, to watch it. So it's infuriating. And it honestly, it's making for a better series because I'm getting more and more upset as I'm seeing them more and more 
try to figure out, okay, what are we going to do with this guy? How can we, you know, push this guy? What can we do with this guy? And you see them thinking and, and, and really trying so hard to move this all around and yeah, da, 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 and all this. Sort of, and it's just like, no, it was so easy. <laughs> like you had it. What are you guys doing? But you know, that's what this company does. Yep. And, and it, he's just so great. And this, you know, everything he did last night, it, it was exactly what he needs to do because we talked about this last week. You can't have a baby face, baby face dynamic no. for Hangman. Not with this guy, because you would have had a split crowd. That's the wrong way to get Hangman off on the wrong foot. So we said if they're going to do that match, Brian has to lean heel, and that's what they're doing. And he is so good at it. And again, you forget how good he is at pro wrestling and everything surrounding pro wrestling. Even the 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 match with Uno, he worked it to perfection. He beat him with the head stomps and then put him in that unnecessary triangle after he was already knocked out. You know, the whole, I'm out here wrestling every week. Where are you? I mean, what a great line. Oh, that was. I wrestled. You, you know? know what? After I won my title at WrestleMania, I wrestled the next night and very subtle. And it's like one of those things that you're like, ah, he's right. <laughs> Fuck. Like, yeah. You know, he's an asshole and he's right. And, and the other part too is, you know, Hangman Page. And, and again, this is why AEW just gets it. They're wrestling. They're pro wrestling 101 is Adam Page doesn't make up anything. He says, you know what? Fine. We'll fight right now. We'll do this. And Brian Danielson doesn't, you know, run away from the fight, but essentially says, you know what? I'm ready. I have my gear. I'm ready to go anytime you want. I mean, I'll fight you right now if you want, but I don't want you to make any excuses because you're not ready. You're wearing your whatever this leather jacket is. I forget what his line was, but it was awesome. And it was just like a perfect way to, to you make Hangman Page look like a big dude, uh, 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 your top baby face, who's ready to challenge this guy and ready to fight this guy right now. Brian Danielson, you know, they don't want to do it right now. They obviously want to build to it. Brian Danielson says, hey, look, I'll fight you. But you don't look ready, and I don't want you to have any excuses if you lose to me. And and, and like that's just a per- nobody comes across like a geek, you know. And nobody comes across like they're they're trying to run from a fight. Nobody comes across like they don't want to fight. Both these guys want to fight, but but Brian Danielson is essentially just saying, "Well, hey, I'm going to beat you, and just in case, I don't want you to have any excuses. So you know what? We'll wait. We'll do it another time." And and and, and Hangman Page being like, "Fuck off, man. We'll do it right now. Let's go." So yeah, it was it was, it was great, great stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's phenomenal stuff. He's going to get booed now by the majority. He won't get booed by everyone because I, I got to tell you, the way they set this up, I want him to win now. <laughs> like, the, Well, that's us. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely starting to. Uh, uh, that would be a terrible way to book. Yes. Look, uh, yeah. There, there was a point during that segment where I was like, man, is uh, Brian's going to win this match? Isn't he? And I'm thinking, I want this version of Dan of Brian Danielson as their champion. I mean, and I, and, and, I'm indifferent on Hangman Page. Like I like. Yeah, him. I'm I right like with you. Him. I'm right with you for sure. I like watching him wrestle. He has good matches. Um, I, I don't dislike him, but I'm completely indifferent on him. I'm agnostic on him. His story doesn't connect with me. Um, but I, I don't have any strong feelings toward Hangman Page, positive or negative. This version of American Dragon is right up my alley and what I want in my pro wrestling. But with that said. He should lose the match. I mean, you know, the, the Hangman needs to beat him. It'll be a great match, and it'll be a great way to get Hangman off on the right foot and all of those things. But um, but the, the, the Danielson stuff was brilliant, and, and it's almost – this is what I said behind the paywall. It's almost so good that I fear he could eat Hangman up if they're not careful. Like, it, it's so good that it could eat Hangman up and because I I don't know that Hangman has – the charisma and the and the microphone ability to uh to counter this. Yeah, he I, did know, he like did an okay job on this night, but like yeah, your 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 takeaway, at least my takeaway, and I, I'm assuming most people's takeaway 
was probably, oh my God, Danielson is so good. Because <laughs> that's, yeah. that, I mean, how do you not leave that and go, holy crap, that's like, this is one of the best wrestlers in the world at everything. At every facet of pro wrestling, this guy's one of the greatest in the world. One of the greatest to ever do it. I mean, just in, in two minutes, he turns an entire crowd that was just chanting yes and has him booing him. <laughs> you know, in, in a couple of minutes. Yeah. It, it's it's yeah. pretty impressive. He he is something else. And and yes, it is unfortunately um it is making me more and more angry as I see it, thinking, man, this guy yeah, ten years of this guy's prime was wasted, you know, being a flying goat. I know there's a lot of people who probably don't want to hear it, but I you know, we, the more benefit of hindsight we have, the less the less I don't want to say less impressive, but the more angry I am at that entire run and the way that he was utilized. And like you said, he he did well to do what he was asked. Like he did everything he was asked very well. He even alluded to that. He said, I wrestled a certain way there because that's how they wanted me to wrestle. And I did the best job that I could. But now I'm wrestling the way that I want to wrestle because I have that freedom. And it's not just the re- the wrestling is one thing. The wrestling is just a uh, we forgot how great he was. <laughs> we as a did. Wrestler. We really did. Yeah. And now we forgot how great he was at doing pro wrestling things and getting himself and other people over and cu- and and cutting promos and everything. He was never like a he was never Terry Funk on the stick, but he was always someone who knew how to promo for him. Yeah, absolutely. It's my Bret Hart theory. People say, "Oh, Bret Hart's yeah. not a good promo." Fuck off. He was great at being Bret Hart. He was great at being yeah. an overly serious. You, you know, yeah, that I don't want Bret Hart screaming at the top of his lungs doing a Road Warrior Hawk promo. Like, that's not what Bret Hart should be doing. And that's one of the big issues in WWE is that every single person talks the same, acts the same, has the same cadence, uses the same words, looks the same. You know what I mean? Like, that's a huge issue. And Brian Danielson in ROH was never a guy, like you said, there was way better guys at, at, at the quote-unquote pro wrestling promo in that company. But Brian Danielson was great at cutting Brian Danielson promos, a guy that, that took what he did very seriously, thought he was the best in the world, carried himself like he was the best wrestler in the world, and just at the end of the day wanted to prove it in the ring that he was going to be better than you. And whenever you're ready for a fight, whenever you're ready to go wrestle, I'm ready to wrestle you. And that that Brian Danielson is back. He's not fighting authority figures. He's not an underdog. He's not a goat. He's just fucking Brian Danielson. I'm going to get in the ring and I'm going to beat you because I'm Brian Danielson and I'm the best in the world. Yeah, I wrestle and I want to be the best right. in the world. And whether that has a heel lean or not, it's 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 the same basics. Now, do you think that Mox was starting to sort of lean heel a little bit before he entered himself into rehab? You think Mox was probably going to win this thing and be in the spot that Danielson is in now? Because I'm starting mm. to think that. Yeah, because they maybe. were starting to they were starting to have him kind of lean heel. They were, they were, that. they definitely were. No, there's no doubt about that. And you can't. I mean, now when when he comes back, he's going to be just the biggest bay face in the world when, when when Mox does come back. So that ship has probably sailed. Uh, for a little bit now. Yeah, I, I, I'd imagine that the goal was probably to keep Danielson away for a little bit. Like, we, I think the goal uh, was probably, like well, like we said, do something with Omega and, and, and Danielson and uh, potentially Omega's injuries, which, again, we'll find out more about that in the, in the coming weeks or whatever, but there are rumors floating around there that he's in, in real bad shape on a lot of ways in his body. So um, that, to me, seems like they were probably going to do Moxley Hangman and then do Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega or whatever, and then things got all shaken up and they said, ah, you know what? Fuck it. We'll do this. And, and probably presented this thing to both guys and, and, and said, well, Hey, how do we handle this? Or what do you guys want to do? And I'm sure Danielson said, fuck it. I'll be a heel. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'll do whatever. Like, yeah. and he's not really, and he's like, and this is a good thing. You know, Cody talks about the, the shades of gray all the time. And, and I don't know. He, <laughs> he, he seems to think he's doing it a lot. <laughs> I don't know that he's doing a great, great job of it, but I do think that there is something to be said for for this feud, and 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 yeah, there's going to be a contingency of fans like you and me, and and, and probably a few others that are going to say, oh, you know what, I like Brian Danielson better. He he 
nothing that he said is untrue, and I like him, and I think he's a great wrestler, and I can't wait to see what he does when he gets in the ring or whatever. There's going to be a contingency of fans that are going to v- cheer for Brian Danielson. are going to say, hey, you know what? I appreciate this guy. I like this guy. And a good thing about AEW is they don't make it... When you're cheering for the quote-unquote heel or whatever, it's they're not like these grotesquely evil people. You know what I mean? It's There's nothing that Brian Danielson is doing that's horrible and evil. He's just like... He has a difference of opinion, you know, and that's it's 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 a good way to book pro wrestling in my mind. I mean, yes, you do want to have heel face dynamics. Yes, you clearly want to have this guy's the good guy and this guy's the bad guy. But it's not the worst thing in the world either to have it be where these two guys come. And, and yeah, you don't have to hate Brian Danison and think he's the absolute worst human being on earth. But, you know, you could be annoyed at the way he interrupted him. You could be annoyed at the way that he talked to Hangman. You could be annoyed at that sort of stuff. But I think that they understand that there's probably going to be a consistency of fans that are going to still cheer for Brian Danison. And that's fine. And that's okay. And, and if anything, that'll make the Hangman fans cheer even more to say, no, 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 this is our guy. We're reeling behind this guy. And I think it's going to make no, for, for no, a fun I think, dynamic. I disagree slightly. I think if he, now that he's leaning heel, I think that was the move. And I think the AEW fans, I think, I think there'll be 80, 20 crowds at worst for Hangman Page now. I, that's what I think. 80, 20 at worst, maybe even slightly. And this is what they needed to do. But the guys like you and me are going to root for Brian Danielson because right, right, he's ticking the boxes of the of the exact kind of pro wrestling that we want to see, and we are indifferent on Hangman. You know, I, I have no feelings on Hangman whatsoever. Um, so we're going to root for for Danielson because we, we this is this is like bringing us back to you sitting in you know your ROH building and me sitting yeah, in mine Frontier Fieldhouse, yeah, Frontier Fieldhouse, Chicago Ridge, baby. And I'm in that Edison Rec Center, uh, you know, and, and in, in, in Hammerstein and, 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 and Philly and, and the Armory and everything else. And it's, it's bringing us back. And, and, um, but, but I think the AEW fan base will, will firmly be behind, you know, the, the new conquering babyface hero here. And I guess we should touch on Kenny Omega. He looks like he's going to get some surgeries. So he'll be out for a while, which is fine. When people Great. lose the title, that's the best time to disappear. I, I was, that is, that is on my notes. The top of my notes is I love this idea. I, if I'm them, you know, yeah, you don't want it to be the the result of a guy needing surgeries or whatever. But I would say now that you they've done they've kind of lucked themselves into this a little bit. I I, I say luck in in quotes there because obviously there's been extenuating circumstances for a lot of these, uh, you know, these injuries and, and and other you know issues. But I say guy lose the top title, go away for a couple months. That's not the worst thing in the world. The guy is is mentally exhausted that he he can't handle it. And Kenny, I think they did a good job of that on Dynamite of Kenny just saying like, hey, I got to go here for a little bit, so you guys handle this. And that's fine. I think that's perfectly okay. And and cool. Let's go. Let, let you know. Let, let's have Kenny Omega go away for a little by a little while. Even if he wasn't, you know, it, it, even if he wasn't fully healthy or whatever, or or if you know if he was fully healthy, I think it's a great idea to have the guy go away for a little bit. You, you kind of forget about him, and 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 you know, it'll make the heart grow fonder. You know, with the, with his absence or whatever. So yeah. I like that. I, I I think that's a really great strategy, and I would. I would consider it if I'm AEW moving forward for every one of my top champions is when they're done. And and, and I'd say for the world champion is probably where you want it the most. But I would say for every one of my champions, when they lose, at least go away for a little bit. A, a handful of weeks, a month or, or, or so, I think is always, always a good idea because it just sells how important losing that title is. The exhaustion of keeping that title. It just makes it seem that much more important when the guy loses and he just can't, you know, 
He just can't be around. He doesn't just plop in and go, all right, well, now I'm going for the TNT title. You, you know, that stuff is so lame. Or, you know, the, the Roman Reigns, the, the very famous Roman Reigns quote of, you know, titles come and go, you know, after he, I forget what exactly he got screwed over. So I forget what it was, but it was just like, oh my God, like he just came and said, hey, uh, well, you know, titles come and go, but I'll be back next week out there. I'll be back. I like the idea of a guy just going away for a little bit. So yeah, it, doubly better if, if Kenny Omega needs it to get healthy and, and get his body back. Uh, I think that's a, uh, it's a benefit. It's a feature, not a bug to me, honestly. All right, so anything else on uh, AEW? No. That was great. So we got some breaking news, Joe. Big, Do we? Big, big news out of World Wrestling Entertainment. Breaking news, you say? I got some breaking news. Sean As Ross Sapp of Fightful.com. I had to double check and make sure it wasn't like... Because, you know, in, in NBA land, there's like 5,000 fake Woges and 8,000 sure. fake Shams Ranias or whatever. So I saw this one and said, whoa, that can't be right. Click so it. We have, so, so we have breaking news. Let them know, Rich. Let them know. We're we going to promo here. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful.com, at Sean Ross Sapp says, Fightful has learned that WWE have released. Yes, we have some new WWE releases. This is what we have right now. I don't know if we're going to get any more. We will keep our eyes on the old Twitter machines to make sure. WWE has released the following professional wrestlers, sports entertainers, independent contractors. John Morrison, Johnny Drip Drip, is gone. He will join his uh, wife, right? Yeah, they're married. Ty Valkyrie, former Ty Valkyrie, Correct. on the uh... yes. Jackson Riker is gone. Mm-hmm. Shane Thorne. Shane Thorne is gone. Immediately tweeting out TMDK uh, images already. So absolutely, hell yeah, yeah. Nichols, oh, man, Mad Mikey Nichols finally is like yes, finally. EPW. <laughs> EPW champ as we speak. He's at a 700-day reign. TMDK is alive and well. Uh, Jonah's out there now. We're, we're, we're. Jonah Rock. That's going to be good. I can, I can see New Japan bringing in TMDK, the the original tag team, Nichols and Haste. So, yeah, um, you know, good for him. There's a lot of opportunities for him as well. Uh, Drake Maverick. Again, this poor guy. <laughs> yeah. This, this is probably it for Drake, right? This is... Like can't they can't hire him again, right? This is this is done for him. I, I hit, this has to be the end. Yeah, and I, I don't know what the next step of of Drake Maverick's yeah. uh, career is after this, but we'll, he'll find something, yes. I'm sure. Yes. Uh, oh, Taya is tweeting, baby. Oh, she's she's. You ready for the stop supporting a company that has zero respect for their talent? You love pro wrestling. Spend your money on the hundreds of other alternatives. This is wrong ethically as employers. They don't care about us, talent or fans. Yeah. He's well, shooting. Well, her and her husband just got fired in back-to-back weeks. So, um, could mean the end of the dripstick. Dripstick is, the, is the, the Miz will return to no dripstick. Oh, you're right. Or the maybe, Miz. Yeah. Well, he's back. Like he's ready. I, I, I think they have nothing for Miz either at this point because I think he's ready to go again. Right? He's back. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, Tegan Knox also released. Oh, uh, you know that stinks. They weren't doing anything with her. Um, she's got the the bad knees. I'm not surprised. No. I'm not surprised, but I mean... She was doing video game stuff, but as we've uh, learned last week, that uh, the video game stuff is on a little bit of a delay because, uh, believe it or not, <laughs> when WWE takes over your accounts, uh, you don't get a, as good as much money as you did when you had the accounts on your own. So, um, Even with those cranky knees and everything, I mean, to me, if I'm AEW, that's an immediate phone call. For sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I, th- I think she's pretty solid and, and, and has a decent enough following that uh, she'll be fine, yeah. for sure. 
and just a a horrible run for her in WWE. If you if you really put, I mean, just yeah. every time she's out there, she, her, her knees are ripping up, and it's just like she's anytime she's in a big spot or just about to be in a big spot, she has a massive injury. Just a really tough tough uh, run for uh, for Tegan Knox. And then three additional names here that we have to talk about: Isaiah Swerve Scott, the former Strange Strickland, the well, I guess now recurrent Shane Strickland has been released. Ashante Adonis has been released. And Joe, Top Dollar has been released. You don't say. They, you don't say, They Rich promo, Rich. though. They promo. The man who, who promised he would lose to Roman Reigns, if given the opportunity to lose to Roman Reigns, will not be able to lose to Roman Reigns because uh, he's been released. The man that was more than willing to work with Roman Reigns and John Cena. How can they cut such an incredible talent? Now you know. Um, all of top dollars gone, dude. Who would have guessed this quickly? Who all of top. Guessed. <laughs> they all who have... I, I mean, all joking right. aside, honestly, all joking aside, I really didn't think they'd cut all of them within two weeks. Rich, once they cut B Fab, the Queen writing was on yeah, the wall. it did not. It did not. Now, did I think it would happen two weeks later? <laughs> I mean, that, like again, like for all joking aside, there is no I... way I thought that they would literally say, "Hey, B Fab, hit the bricks." All right, guys. Uh, actually, no. All you guys at the bricks too. Get out of here. Just get fucking out of here. No I, I didn't. I didn't think it would happen this quickly. But once they cut her, and we even talked about this, the writing was on the wall. And if I were Top Dollar, I really would have stopped tweeting. Yeah. But the man cannot help himself, and he never stopped tweeting. And it was clear when they cut her that they didn't understand the act or why it had gotten over in the first place. Uh, it, it was clear because you can't cut a component of it. And then they didn't get it. And once it was established that they didn't get the act, you're now all firmly on the chopping block. You are one Vince McMahon bad day away and deciding that he has nothing for you from being sent packing with her. So I'm not surprised at all. I didn't think it would happen this quickly. But people expect me to dance on the grave here. People expect me to do some shtick, and I'm not going to do that. Okay, the man lost his job. But the thing about it is all of my tweets about Top Dollar, all of my comments on in this space on this podcast, they were just warnings. I, you know, I, I don't have anything against this guy, but he was digging his own grave all along. Rich, when you're in NXT and you're nobody and you've wrestled five matches in your life, you can't tweet stuff out. Saying, oh, well, we're different because we can promo. You just can't do that. You don't understand wrestling politics because you're telling everybody else on the main roster that they can't promo. You know, and you haven't done anything in the business. You've done nothing. This man did literally nothing to that point. Then he's taking shots at people on the other show. For what reason? What's the end game? You know, and we even spoke about it. Why are you burning that bridge? You may need that bridge. Right. Mm-hmm. And now, lo and behold, right. you a can't. Yeah, later, you can't get on that text and say, "Hey, <laughs> hey, Matt, Nick, how you know? guys doing? Hey, how's it going?" And it's a, yeah. Look, look and I, I don't know that the young bucks and CM Punk and and everybody else who thought that he was taking a direct shot at them for their shoes. I don't know that they're holding a grudge against this man. Tony Khan could be on the phone with him right now. For all I know, I don't know. But the point is, why even poke that bear? Right. Why ta- Why even say something like that publicly 
and run the risk of it rubbing those people the wrong way. Very powerful people that you might need to continue on in, in this particular business. He never understood the politics. And anything I ever said or spoke about with this guy, it was more warnings than anything else. It was like, this dude doesn't get it. Right. We've been around. And- we've seen this. We, we, we know the score. And, and like at the end of the day, what I always say about these people is, don't be loyal to this company. They don't give a shit about you. They don't care about you. You are nothing to them. Unless you're no. Roman Reigns or, or Brock Lesnar or a very select group of people, Vince McMahon doesn't give a shit about you. So yeah, living it, and it, dying by your loyalty to that company is not going to – it benefits nobody. And, in fact, a lot of times Vince thinks you're weak if you do that. He hates that I, shit. And not only that, I mean – a lot of the comments this guy made, like I said, were rubbing his own locker room the wrong way and then rubbing another locker room the wrong way. And then he tried to backtrack the sneaker thing and he said, oh, well, people don't even know who I'm talking about. They just assume I'm talking about the other locker room. And it's like, hey, Dobie, you replied to MVP and flat out said you were talking about the other locker room. And now you're trying to backpedal it because I think at some point maybe he did realize – and what was the other thing that we said about this guy? That he's going to drag these poor people that he's aligned with into his heat. And Shane Strickland and Ashanti the Adonis and B-Fab, who did nothing. I mean, they are just innocent bystanders. And this guy is just going out, collecting heat, and it's going to reflect on everyone. And now none of them have jobs. And I don't know if it's because Top Dollar just couldn't stop tweeting. Uh, it may have nothing to do with that, but it didn't help. It doesn't help. Rich, I don't know if you saw a couple days ago, this man was on Twitter basically Indian-splaining to Indian people what Maharaja meant. I did and see arguing, that, yeah. It was and like, he was arguing doing, with people. Rich, he's arguing with people from India, insisting that he's right. Yeah, and they're screenshotting dictionary.com stuff. And it's like, dude. Yeah, and these people are like, dude, I'm Indian. You're wrong. And it's like, why? Why are you doing this? He just, he, he, he's just, he's got that old posters mentality. He can't stop. It's just one constant thing after another. And again, I don't know if this is why they, they released this man and the rest of his, uh, uh, his unit. I don't know if that's the reason. But it, none of it helps. And you can't do interviews and say that you're willing to do a job to Roman Reigns. Dude, you've had eight matches in your life. He just doesn't understand the politics and the etiquette. You know, oh, I've had many people tell me that they can't wait to see me promo battle John Cena. Are you kidding me? Don't you know how that comes across to everybody else in your locker room? When you're someone who's had less than 10 matches, you've done one wrestling move in your life on t- he's had like three matches on TV and all he ever did was catch two guys in the air and throw them back like that. He, he clearly, you know, was a guy who was green as hell, had no experience. And he's talking like he's a 15 year veteran talking like he's working with top guys, rich. None of these things helped anything. I ever, anytime I ever spoke about this guy, they were, I was perplexed by him. These were warnings. Okay. And, I, and I'm not going to speak out of school with confidential information, but I'm not the only one. Believe me, I'm not the only one who saw it this way. Okay? And that's as much as I'll say about that. I'm not going to destroy the confidence of, of, of a friend. But it's like, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it was astounding. And as soon as BFAB was released, 
to me, the countdown clock was on. Yeah. Because it was clear that they didn't understand the act. And listen, I think they got a raw deal from that perspective. Absolutely. Because the act got over in NXT. And the act shouldn't have been changed at all on the main roster. And they immediately changed the act. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and we also talked about how it was fishy, how they were on the main roster for like less than a month. And we already heard like three different sets of plans for them. That's a bad sign too. It's a terrible sign. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. writing was on the wall. Yeah, once, no once, you got, once you got that you know, hit row in front of Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard, there's no way that they're going to A, know how to handle it. B, just let it be, hey, what'd you guys do in NXT? We'll just do that. You guys know better than we do. That's never going to fly with a Bruce Prichard, Vince McMahon contingency to say, hey, you guys do what you do best and, and we'll stay out of the way. No, no, no. Instead, like you said, we heard, oh, they're going to change this. Well, they're going to do this. Or oh, they're going to do. And once you do that, once Vince McMahon and Bruce are, are, are kind of tinkering around with your your gimmick and your gimmick is 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 that, you know, which is definitely not in the wheelhouse of a six year old Bruce Prichard and a nearly 80 year old Vince McMahon. Like, yeah, it, it, it was it was going to be tough sailing. And that, and that is where it was always. Very strange the amount of confidence that 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 you know he in particular had, where it's just like, dude, I don't know, like, don't. You know what? I don't. I don't even. I don't even have a problem with someone having confidence, but the way he expressed that confidence just it came across so poorly, and you you were cringing for the other people associated with him. Yeah. You know, all along we're like, he is going to take down Shane Strickland, who's been working for this for a decade, Ashanti the Adonis, who is a guy who's been. You know, just scraping away in developmental for years, and is someone who I always liked. I always talked about. Oh, he's great! Yeah, yeah. You turned it into you turned it into a meme, but I would always talk about because I would watch two hundred five live and all this shit that you don't waste your time with, and I would tell you about this guy, you know. And then uh, you know, it's like you're gonna you're gonna. I don't think he understood that he was gonna put heat on these people. In addition to it, it wasn't just gonna be himself. That's not how it works in pro wrestling. You know, you're going to take down the whole ship. And, you know, I, I was not the only person who felt that way. And I'm nobody. I'm just a guy with a podcast who's been following this shit for, for 30 years. But people who matter were starting to take notice of that. Okay? It wasn't just me. And, you know, I do think that the act got a raw deal. But as soon as she got cut and as soon as you hear, oh, he's going to be – Top Dollar is going to be a single star and Strickland – and Adonis are going to be a tag team. And then their first week on TV, Strickland and Top Dollar are the tag team, and BFAB is cut. It's mm-hmm. like, start the clock. Start the clock. The plans keep changing. Now you're cutting people from the act. You're having Pat McAfee mock the fact that she got cut on commentary. Yeah. All of these things add up. Oh, this is going to be fabulous. And we find out he was fed that line. Okay. They... It, it, I don't think it's wild to speculate that they rubbed people the wrong way. And if that was the case, I don't think it's wild to speculate that it was him that did the bad – because look at his behavior on social media. It's just – it's you know, who knows what was going on in the locker room. Right, and it's it's a very tender – I mean, that, that the wrestling – I mean, that, that's – the the list of people that that have had struggles with the 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 locker room, especially the WWE locker room, 
is endless. I mean, it's just a, it's yes. such a weird ecosystem, and it's so weird, and it's so strange, and it's, and let it's, me say it's backwards as fuck. Yeah, let, but go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. Let me say that I I think their locker room is fucked up. And oh, I it's terrible. Yeah, it's it's I'm fucking not saying dumb. That culture's good. No, you have it's to the dumbest culture ever. But you gotta. But you have to recognize that that culture exists. Right, right. And and one of the great examples of it is the Young Bucks, and and, and like the and that yes. still is something that's brought up all the time. Is that wasn't it Booker T? That they didn't go up and shake Booker T's hand like enough for long enough or make eye contact or whatever the hell it was. And it was like essentially like, hey, those guys are dead to rights forever now because they didn't shake Booker T's hand long enough or whatever the hell it, it was. And like, and that was something that got held against them from from I know, other companies would then buy into that too. All oh, these guys got attitude problems, and it's like the attitude problem was like they didn't you know do the exact locker room thing or fuck the Miz you know being forced to change outside in the in the hallway for six months or whatever the hell it was when when he I forget even what the hell he did but Benoit you know got a, a bug up his ass and put him in the hallway a little bit I mean this it's a fucked up locker room it's a ridiculous locker room and there's a lot of sort of you know old boys club things that, that are involved in that locker room but you gotta play that game and like that's that is sort of what we were saying with this is like dude you you know, getting all getting real puffy chested here when you've only done X amount of matches and, and talking about how good you are and all that sort of stuff like that's not going to rub. That's not going to endear you very well to, to to that company and to that locker room and to the, to the leadership of that company. So, they, yeah, it was just sort of like a hey, man, just like you're flying really close to the sun here. So be careful because it, it can burn you and this company will burn you. <laughs> this company will absolutely go out of its way to burn you if you need. So um, it's just yeah. And, and like I said at the beginning, like. You know, having loyalty to this company, man, and defending this company at all turns, it's just not a winning formula. You know, do your do your thing, do your job, do whatever, but yeah, it's 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 not worth it. It's not worth getting in arguments with people about the company that you work for if that company you work for is WWE because they don't give two fucking shit. They don't care that you defended them against people online. They don't care. That means nothing to Vince McMahon. Nothing. I mean, to, to circle it back to his world, this would be like he was the equivalent of like a sixth round pick in rookie camp in the NFL who is going to the media and saying that, you know, he played, he was a defensive lineman. It would be like him going to the media uh, in his first day of, of, of rookie camp and saying that he's going to take Aaron Donald's job. Like that's essentially to make a comp of how he was coming off with some of these things he was saying. It's just, you gotta. It, confidence is great, but you do have to know your place when you're new at something, right? Like Aaron Donald can say whatever he wants because you know now he's established himself as one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL. That sixth round pick who's in rookie camp, you gotta pump the brakes, and that and that's essentially what he was. Right. Well, and, and what you do, and you, and you get this enough from watching Hard Knocks, all that sort of stuff. What you have to do is, in that case, you show your confidence on the field. You show you you know you when you're in the locker room and you're doing ever, whatever. That's all I ever meant to say about this guy. He needed to prove himself. Right. First. Right. Right. And he you'll see that had zero career to this. Right. Point. Right. No and career. and every every season of Hard Knocks has insert random you know off the street free agent guy that's going into training camp and busting his ass and going out there and making big tackles in preseason games and, and getting to, you know, getting to the gym early and getting to the practice facility early or whatever. But you'll notice one of the constant things with that is that guy doesn't say anything. If they interview him, he, you know, he'll say, uh, you know, I think I belong in the league, but like, I, I just want to go out there and prove it and yada, yada. Cause that's the way to do it. You go out there, you prove it. And the other problem is unfortunately like 75% of those guys get cut. Cause at the end of the day, they're not good enough to make it or whatever, but it, it's, it, it, they very rarely, is a guy who has that sort of, yeah, like you said, that guy doesn't walk in and say, Aaron Donald, I'm better than him and I'm going to take his job because that guy's going to be cut tomorrow. 
That guy's going to be cut that minute that interview's over. Once the coach yeah. finds out that this asshole's, you know, saying that he's going to take Aaron Donald's job, like that's just not going to happen because it's like, a, you're probably not going to do that, and, and b, like that's just not the attitude we want. And again, it's all about playing the game. It's all about playing the game in a lot of ways. And and, and maybe that game is kind of dumb, and maybe that game is stupid, but you got to play it. And and you, you just have to recognize it exists. Yeah, I mean. and that's the thing. I don't think it's good. I wouldn't want to run a company like that. I don't want to run a company like Vince McMahon. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like that's the last thing I want to do is run a company like Vince time, McMahon. Though, at the same time, though. I also don't need a rookie coming in my locker room telling everyone else they can't promo. You know, it's not, he's not just a victim of the culture. It's also, he's kind of out of line in in a lot of ways too. I mean, we do have to recognize it from both ends here. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing that this dumb culture exists, but it's also um, this guy, it was just obvious. He didn't understand not just WWE politics, but just basic, uh, just a basic understanding of of not rubbing your fellow employee, like the people you work with, the wrong way. I mean, he basically by by that weekend promo deal was saying that all anyone else who got called up who wasn't seeing success was because you can't promo and right, I can. We're, we're better than you. And and, and there's and, people in that locker room like Ricochet who've been doing this for ten years. Right, and it cuts deep. I mean, and that's another thing with the wrestling. There's there's a certain there's a certain way to handle that backstage and there's a certain way to have that confidence in your skills and the confidence in your abilities or whatever. Uh, uh, and we'll, we'll, I mean, this is, yeah, there's talked. a certain way by not saying it publicly. <laughs> right, that's definitely that's one way to do it for sure. And, and like, yeah, there's always, there, there are guys and, and having confidence in wrestling is a very, very, very important thing, but it's also very, you know, it's, it's powerful and it's important, but it's very, you have to be very careful with it. Because there's a lot of guys. There's a laundry list of guys that were way too confident about what they did and way too confident about what they said, and it got them heat, and it still gets them heat and all that sort of stuff. I mean, one of the more famous kind of backstage wrestling fights ever was Sid Vicious and Arn Anderson, when Arn Anderson stabbed him, and all it was was Sid Vicious saying, hey, I get paid more than you do. And that was it. That was all that all Sid Vicious was doing was saying, ah, geez, how much do you make? Well, I make more than that. And Anderson said, fuck you and stabbed the guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's nuts. It's insane. But that's pro wrestling. So so saying, hey, well, you know, all these other guys, they stink because they can't promo, but I can promo. There, there's a way to say that of that doesn't also take everybody else down with you. And that that's sort of the way to, to, to sort of undermine everybody else and to say, hey, those people, they couldn't hang because they aren't as good as me. Is not a great way to, 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 when to again, approach it. You have, when again, you have zero track <laughs> Right. This this is a guy that had zero track record. Did he ever cut a promo on TV? I mean, did he? If he did, you can count him on one hand. You know, and standing behind Swerve Scott and saying, let him know, is not cutting a promo. You know, so, I mean, that that's the other thing here. I mean, it, there's no track record. It's not like he was on the indies for 10 years tearing it up and cutting promos and drawing money. You know, and and and, he, and again, it doesn't matter what Joe Lanza and Rich Creech think. We're two dopes with a podcast. But I think what he didn't understand and some other people don't understand is that everyone sees that stuff. You know, and now if I'm the other guys, you see this promising act of Hit Row, right? And it's like if I'm Tony Khan, am I picking up the phone or am I thinking twice about, you know, is this guy going to come into my locker room and disrupt my locker room? He already took shots at, at the top stars in my locker room, and he doesn't even work here. What happens when he's here? Is he, you know, is, is he gonna 
tweet stupid things and 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 upset the 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 delicate balance of my life, you know, and that and again, who else does it hurt? The other three people in the act. Through no fault of their own. Yeah. You know, so you know, again, people want me to do, you know, some kind of shtick or whatever, but this played out exactly exactly how I thought it would play out from the start. You know, you could get, you know, they, I'm not even going to call it a victory lap. You know, the guy got fired. I'm not going to call it a victory lap. Okay. But it's like, this is exactly what we knew was going to happen. There was no other way for this story to end. You know, and, and, and I, I just don't think in my limited interactions with him that he, un, that he had any understanding of that. Yeah. It's, and I, I, I'm seeing these again every single time. These, these, these tweets of like, make it make sense. Why is this? Ha- what? And it's just like this is the new normal for this company, man. Like, just yeah. it's. I don't know what you people fucking expect out of this company or what you want out of this company that 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 hasn't proven it time and time again is what they are. Like, I, <laughs> and then like next, you know, tomorrow they'll be tweeting about SmackDown. You know what I mean? Right back on the right back on the saddle. You know, all over again. Yeah. It's yeah. oh, make it make sense. This is ridiculous. I can't believe it. And then uh, out of the table, you know, <laughs> hashtag SmackDown next tomorrow. It's just like all right, well, then, you know. I listen. I I'm, think that make uh, it make sense. I'm trying to make it make sense. We've been trying to make it make sense, but uh, I don't know. Well, you know, and it's and you have even less time than ever to prove yourself. Um, you know, but the writing was on the wall. I mean, when they cut her, when they cut Bfab, I mean, you just had to know the writing was on the wall. I mean, and even then, like the whole chemistry of the act was off. That one week that they were on TV without her, it already wasn't the same, you know. And that's no fault of theirs, uh, you know. It, it's just they didn't. We've how many times have we seen that story play out? Something is successful and good in NXT, and it comes to the main roster, and it doesn't take a lot to disrupt the chemistry of something or to throw it off just a little bit to where it's essentially the same act but it's just that subtle difference yeah. makes all the difference that's, in the world that's too wrestling 101 man sometimes that subtle difference yeah. makes you the biggest star in the, in the business and sometimes that subtle difference destroys you and you're done so yeah it, it's yeah it it, 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 it you know it hit row really was an act that came across like it had a chance it was getting over with uh with with a lot of the fans for sure and you know, it's it's they changed the whole everything. Got, the chemistry was all thrown off on the main roster, especially when they cut Bfab. Yeah, it's a broken company. I mean, it's just a, it's a completely yeah. broken company that makes no sense anymore. It just it, it's 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 beyond logic. It's beyond any sort of understanding of what happens. For now, I mean, this might be the case that now that they've kind of taken over NXT, that now it's in Vincent Bruce's. Vi- we might now see a more cohesive. Okay, NXT is is developing what they want out of their stars and yada yada yada. But but like we are gonna we're gonna have this happen for a while until literally everybody from you know the the Poppy era of Raw, the Paul Levesque era of 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 of, of NXT, until all those people are gone, like it's gonna be one more like oh man that's uh, how, whoa whoa that guy was over and they did that and it, it's gonna be that for a while until that entire system is cleaned out and it's all people in 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 the vision of a Vincent or Bruce or whatever. Or, I mean, this is also probably just the new normal that that this company realizes that there's no true benefit in in stockpiling all this talent and and they only need the people that they need at that time. And and I mean, I guess, you know, I, I can't totally disagree with the business sense of that of, hey, well, we, you know, if, if we have nothing for you and there's no, you know, you we- know what, though, somebody like them enough to call them up. 
So what happened in the month? In that's what I mean. I don't know. That, and that's the it, broken part of the company. And that's and, the, and, 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 you know, someone in the chat room is saying, okay, the audience did not give a shit about Hit Row on SmackDown. The crowd looked bemused at best during the segment with Sami Zayn. Okay, I watched every SmackDown with Hit Row, and that person is correct. They weren't over in any of the towns where they appeared on television. Crickets, Rich. I mean, they weren't over. But, again, that's not their fault necessarily because nobody watches NXT. We know that. Okay? So a lot of these people in these crowds had no idea who they were, and they were just introduced cold. No vignettes. They didn't roll them out the way they rolled them out on NXT where they let them do these concerts and they 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 gave them all of these pre-tapes. That's how they got over in NXT because they just – that they did it the way pro wrestling has done it for 100 years. And then they call them these people up to SmackDown and they don't have a chance because they just throw them on TV cold in front of audiences that don't know who they are. How are they supposed to – They can, you can get over that way, but it's going to take time. Nobody in Omaha or wherever the fuck they were, which isn't exactly the, the epicenter of hip-hop, by the way, knew who any of these people were. And then the next, the next week was like Indianapolis or something. And again, nobody knew who they were. And they're just out there cold. And then the next week, they're out there without BFAB. So it, the act is different than it was the week before. And they're not given anything. So it's like you call them up, presumably because you think you have a chance to do something with them, and then you just throw them on TV cold. You know, now we're running, and now none of that is their fault. You know, that has nothing to do with top dollars tweets. So, I mean, I know people think I'm going to – they want to hear me dance on this guy's grave. I'm not going to do that. I have nothing against the guy. The fact of the matter is, when I tweeted about him or spoke about him, he should have listened. You know, instead of assuming it's coming from some racist standpoint or something, the guy should have listened to me. It played out exactly how I thought it would play out. You know, and it, it's tricky enough to, to make it in this company and get called up from NXT because they just throw you on TV cold. You're not helping yourself with, with, with a lot of the online shenanigans that he got into. It didn't help. That's all. So, no, I'm not, I'm not going to give people with I'm not going to dance on the guy's grave and, and claim a victory. Lap. I'm not doing no, any of that. No, that's, just, that's not, that's what, not what I'm going to do because none of that was the point to begin with. The it point was, to yeah, the point was this. What the fuck is this guy doing? Right. Like, look at history, man. Like, just, you know. Yeah. Look and at, you're going to hurt your friends. Right. The, the iceberg. The iceberg is coming, man. Steer away from it. Steer away from it instead of barreling into it. And, and they were barreling into it. So. Can't say I'm surprised. No, Did this... I expect it two weeks later? Yeah, man. Wow. This is and dude, they don't care. Yeah, like I was kind of saying there, like business wise, like business sense wise, like I get why this is this is old school. Hey, we have nothing for you, so you know we're done with you for this run. You know, see you later. The thing is, that, and that used to happen for years and years and years in wrestling. Like you would have you would tell your story or whatever with somebody. You would you know sign them and hey, you know what? Okay, we got nothing. All right, you, you, you're done. So you, you, after five months or six months or a year or whatever, you were done and you were gone. And, and that's fine. Like that that's okay. We've we've long said that that is that would be healthy for pro wrestling. You know what I mean? That would be healthy for pro wrestling to have people yeah. come and go and move and, and and jump and do all that sort of stuff. The problem though is, and, and this is going to be very fascinating to see over the next few years is has have WWE just completely destroyed anyone's loyalty and anybody's sort of confidence in this company? Because I cannot imagine that you are a performer out there, an independent worker that's going to get a call from WWE and think, yeah, sure, whoa, wow, yeah, what an opportunity. Right. Like, Yeah, let me tell you something. I, I heard from someone and that from inside indie, independent wrestling, uh, someone who I could – I would describe as a, a power broker in independent okay. wrestling. 
And and that person told me that the younger wrestlers now, their goal is AEW. Yeah. And this is exactly what you're talking about right now. Because the wrestlers see this. They see an act like Hit Row get over in NXT, get called up, and get cut a month later. Fired in mass. You and know like, what I mean? Like in, in mass. And, uh, why and, would I put myself through this? Right, right. It, it's, yeah, it's. Yeah, and that's going to be the issue is I think that so they – so, I think they still think that they can call us somebody and say, hey, pal, uh, ready to bring you on for – you know, I want you to come to work for us and did it. Like, yeah, that worked in 1994 or whatever, but, dude, I don't know if that's going to work anymore, man. These people – you know, when you hire so many people and give so many people life-changing money – I mean, this always an issue with, with, with any sort of thing is that when you give people, you know, great amounts of money and you sign them to these great deals and all this sort of stuff, and then one by one you just get rid of them and get rid of them and get rid of them, like, it just means a lot more than, you know, if you sign all these people to six-month deals and they knew the score from the beginning, but, you know, they've been sold a bill of goods about this being a family and this being a business and yada yada and then like looking at you know <laughs> the quarterly numbers and saying you know getting an email from John Laurinaitis saying hey uh, do the budget cuts and it's like fuck you like get out of here you know what I mean like it's not it's not the little you know company it's not the little small business that Vince McMahon always you know wanted him to be like they're a fucking Goliath they make so much money now and it's just it's got to just hit a little different now when you when you when you get that email that says hey you've been released because of budget cuts and it's like fuck well off. yeah these. And these young wrestlers see them cutting people in mass. They see their friends getting cut. They hear stories from their friends who were cut. Relationships broken up and, and yeah, wives yeah, and, and they girlfriends hear, and yeah. They hear the stories of, 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 of how, you know, nobody listens to you and how poorly you're treated. And then, you know, they, there's another option out there now. And now, you know, if you're an 18 year old trainee, you were 15 when AEW started. Time moves quicker than you think yeah, when it, it comes to these Jesus kind of things. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be wrestlers hitting training schools who grew up with AEW as a player, and they don't know any different. It just was always there. That's happening soon, you know. And all that they know is WWE is the corporate conglomerate that cuts people every three months and treats people like dirt and gets shit on on social media. And the other place is the happy place where everybody seems happy. And I'm sure some stories will come out of there when people start leaving that company they're just so early in their life cycle it hasn't happened yet but you know and and i could see why if you're a young independent wrestler now that's your goal instead of wwe because these young wrestlers now rich they didn't grow up in the attitude era they don't have any connection they didn't grow up in the hulkamania era no they don't have these these uh sentimental feelings of growing up watching stone cold in the rock because they were born after that shit these wrestlers today were born in like 2001 that are coming up now. They don't know anything about that. Okay, they don't have any uh, special, uh, you know, childhood memories of of of, of WrestleMania in Houston and 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 you know, you know, time moves quicker than you think when it comes to these things. So, I totally understand why the independent wrestler of today has the other company as the goal now, where we had several. Several generations of wrestlers who their end game was WWE, and there's still some out there who see it that way. We saw Jake Atlas was a good example of so that was his. That's where he was going to be. That's where he wanted to make. And, and there's many other. I'm not just picking on Jake Atlas. There's plenty of them out there, you know. But that's going to start to change a little bit. And none of this helps. No, you know, none of this helps. You got to do some spring cleaning now and then. I get it. You got to turn over your roster. I understand all that. But this is getting to the point where it's just utterly ridiculous. You know, they're not even just waiting for a day, 
for the day after the quarterly calls now. Now, two weeks later, they're cutting another slew of people. It's crazy. It's really and, 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 yeah. and it is going to hurt them longer term. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's going to be real because tough you know to make what? those we calls. All know they're gunning. Yeah, and they're in a phase now where they're gunning for the six foot four real athletes, but we all know that's cyclical. It's all, you know, they've always alternated between what they're looking for, right? And right now, they're not looking for wrestlers. They're looking for people from the street, athletes, uh, and, and people of that name. But we all know that that pendulum swings back and forth. And um, I don't know if it's good business to um, to just alienate the entire wrestling world when your business, <laughs> whether you call it that or not, is wrestling. <laughs> right. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like, the whole workforce is, like, how to just be like, fuck these guys. Like, there's no... I yeah. mean, even the money's, I mean, the money is one thing, but like, shit, you know that like, hey, I don't know that I'm going to have a job for, you know, X amount of time. And unless the contracts dramatically change or whatever, I, I wouldn't feel confident putting my, my my name on a piece of paper knowing, hey, are you going to fucking cut me in like two weeks or two months or whatever? Like this, this money that I'm signing for is utterly meaningless because you could just do whatever you want with me anytime you want. It's, it's, it's wild. You know, and man. it's funny because when you get these cuts now. Some of these people are sad and they lost their job, but some of them are relieved. No, a lot of people, yeah. This so these often. new these new and waves of cuts, these people are they're boom, they're tweeting right away. Swerve's tweeting already, Shane Thorne's tweeting yeah. already, uh Top Dollar, I mean for to his credit is tweeting already. Like these guys are ready to go immediately afterwards. And it's, I it's feel, I feel so bad for I feel so bad for Swerve. I I mean because I wasn't someone who thought he'd fare well there. And he proved me wrong. He did so he much better than I well thought there. he would do too. Yeah, he's been great. and and he and even before Hit Row, he found a niche there and was doing well in NXT. Now he finds this this act and cultivates this act, gets it over, gets called up, and in a month he's gone. And this was a guy who really grinded for a decade to get there. I feel so bad for him. And you know, I it, it's I I I feel like. He's someone who you shouldn't have to worry about because he's so talented and, and he has tons of connections. And I, I feel like he'll be okay, but I still feel bad for a guy like that. You know, and Ashanti the Adonis who grinded in that developmental system for so long and finally gets called up and then it just it gets torn from you. It's just, uh, yeah, it just, I mean, it, it sucks, you know, and, 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 um, you know, it's, you know, you're like you're left with not knowing what to say after this keeps happening. Over, like, man, we know the roster was bloated and we knew it was a problem, but now you know it's just uh, no one is safe. No, and no one's safe. And yeah, you can come being, at any time. You you don't even know. You you can be pushed one week and, and win a big match and be gone. You could you know. We haven't quite gotten. I don't think we've had yet the person that's an active champion being fired yet. But it's it, we're getting very close to that at this point. I mean, there are people that are called up, pushed, whatever. You know, they win one week, they're they're in a featured match, and they're gone. They're just gone right away. It, there's it's just unrelenting. It, it's it. You cannot walk into that company. You cannot walk into an arena and and, and feel confident that you're ever going to walk into that arena no. ever again, unless you're. And the scary part. Is you get over in developmental, they call you up, and then they have no use for you a month later. Yeah, with no plan. It's scary. Yeah, I, it'd be hard to work for that. I mean, that, that's a. It's hard to have confidence in your work. It's hard to have you know a, a really feel like you're accomplishing anything because you have no fucking idea. But if, what the fuck do you call them up for? Yeah, I. It's perplexing. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, this this one in particular is a, is a pretty wild. I mean, with with someone like a Tegan Knox and like a, a a Swerve Scott or whatever, just like real good soldiers for that company too. You know what I mean? Ashante, I I would add in that as well. Like just yeah. just people that just grinded and worked their asses off to get to where they got to, and and just gone. <laughs> you know, just just like that. I mean, that's it's wild. But uh, per Sean, this is he has not heard of any other additional cuts in this round, but. Uh, does preface that that doesn't mean uh, that's not going to happen. So, yep. Well, um, you know, Ashanti Adonis was Tahuti Miles first mm-hmm. before uh, they switched the gimmick. He did have some roots in indie wrestling. He did some ROH shots, I think, early in his career. Um, let me pull him up. I think he came from the place that Velveteen Dream came from. That. Uh, let me confirm that. Uh, yeah, that that Maryland indie MCW. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what's showing here. So, um, man, and and he worked with all those guys like uh, Dak Draper and and a lot of these guys that ended up with with Ring of Honor. It's a shame that Ring of Honor went under because I think he'd be a good fit there uh, with his background and everything. But. Um, well, unexpected topic. Yeah, did not uh, did not plan for that. So someone someone's going to get the boot here in this uh, this run sheet. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll stay updated and see if anything else does uh, uh, does happen. If any other cuts uh, do do occur, but uh, it's wild. Hey, Joe, Survivor Series is this Sunday. The battle for brand supremacy. Yeah, one of the coldest pay per views they've ever had. <laughs> they've ever done. I mean, how cold is this pay per view? <laughs> There, it's I, other than a legit real life feud between two, uh, 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 you know, ego, very, very confident, uh, high ego people. Uh, there's really nothing else. I mean, this is the utter drizzling shits with this thing. They, Joe, they announced the Survivor Series teams on Twitter like last Saturday afternoon at like 3 p.m. Everybody that was on this, I, I forget what it was. I think it was everybody on the Raw team when they initially announced it had all been on SmackDown like. <laughs> Very recently, like as of a yeah. month ago, most of the people on Team SmackDown had been on Raw before, with a few exceptions. Then they change half the names. They tweet out <laughs> this is the best the best tweet they had. They said the SmackDown Survivor Series teams are set, or the, the the women's Survivor Series teams are set. And in that tweet, there was a to be announced on <laughs> one of the teams. It's like, yeah, they're set. And then they change- except for this person, we don't know about her. And then they change half the people in there anyway. It's like what is going yeah. on? Imagine working for this company. Like, how could you do this? How could you show up on Sunday at whatever fucking arena they're in? I don't. Who knows? It'd just be like, ah, it's going on, pal. How are you? So, like, and the latest thing is putting out fake teams and then doing storylines and changing the teams. (laughs) That's their latest thing too that they like to do. Um, because they they're they're just totally bereft (laughs) of ideas. They don't. You know, this company uh, is so bad, and people defend this thing. People go nuts about this fucking company. It's a terrible it and argue with you and about it. It's so bad. This pay this pay per view is ice cold. It's impossible to care about anything on it. Um, you know, Big E versus Roman Reigns. How cold does that match feel? Yeah, I, mean, I can't believe just, that that's happening. I, I I did not honestly think that was happening this weekend. Well, you know, here I will take a victory lap. Okay, this is a situation where I will take a victory lap because. We talked about how shitty his title win, Big E's title win was by doing the cash in and having no build and not getting him off on the right foot. Then the following week, 
the next couple weeks on TV, he's booked poorly and they really got him off on the wrong foot. And I did, it was one of those, uh, I did, uh, those flagships I did while you were gone. And I talked about how Big E was just getting off on the wrong foot and this was a bad sign. And this is not the right way to get somebody over. Have you seen the raw ratings over the last several weeks? They're, you can't, uh, not great. You can't attribute all of that to football because they go against football every yeah, year. Football's Rich, every year. We, yeah, football's here every year. Yeah. When the Monday Night Wars was around, nobody cared about football. <laughs> People watch wrestling. So, yeah. And not only that, when you keep breaking all of these new all time low records for singular hours or all time low records for demographics. Right. Football was there last year. It was there football the year was before. There to, yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> football has been. So, the NFL has played uh, on Monday nights for quite a while. So, yes. Yeah. When you're setting so you new all time low records, yeah, it, it's, it's not football. Yeah, you're sport. going against when you went against football. So, so you can't blame the foot. Don't I don't want to hear the football. The fact of the matter is, and nobody wants to hear this, and I don't care. Biggie is ice cold, and it's not entirely his fault. No, it sucks. It's garbage. But they didn't book him properly. He doesn't feel like a proper world champion. There was no build to it either. One of the there most was no build to it. it. And he's ice cold, and people don't care about Biggie. Look at the ra- the ratings. Don't lie, Rich. The ticket sales don't lie. They're booking basketball arenas for Raw and SmackDown, and they're offering half the building for sale, and then they're selling half of that. Okay? This company's cold. Their ticket sales are cold. And the ratings on Raw are disastrous because they failed to get Big E over as a champion. And it does annoy me because we've been waiting years for this, and they blew it. They blew it with Big E. And, and I don't, you can't get it back. Big E can pin this guy clean in the middle on this pay-per-view. I don't think it's going to matter. He's not going to, but yes. No, there's no chance of that happening. He, <laughs> Zero he percent chance of that. Yes, he should. But, what's it, but what is it? You know what? Honestly, honestly, he shouldn't. Because I don't think there's any saving Big E now. And Roman Reigns, at least, has been protected. I don't know if you want. At this point, you asked me a month ago, I would have said, sure. Now do I think Big E should Yeah, see, I disagree Probably a little not. bit. I think if you really wanted to say, all right, we need to get serious with this guy, let's go. I think pinning him, you know, pinning Roman Reigns clean as a sheet in the middle of the ring at, at Survivor Series would be a good way to kind of rehab it and get it back. To your point, I don't know if that would get him back to, to where you need to and, and if that would be super successful. But I would say if, if your goal is we want this guy to be a big time star and we want him to be a, a big time draw, I think that's the way to go. But like I have zero, there's a zero percentage. I mean, big, Roman Reigns is definitely oh, in a well. Superman punch and pinning that guy in the middle of the ring for sure. This is the victory lap I never wanted to take, but I saw this coming a mile away too. Because you, you, the booking never lies, Rich. Booking does not lie. It doesn't. And the way they booked him out of the gate after the shitty way that he won the title, you know, all the tweets in the world saying how great it is, it doesn't mean anything. What means something is the business reality that nobody watches Raw and they can't sell a ticket to Monday Night Raw. That's all that matters. Okay. You can tweet all you want how great it is that he's champion and how great of a champion he is, but none of you are watching. And business has gone down. And part of it is the way they've booked him. And I warned everybody about this two months ago or whenever the fuck it was when he won the title to begin with and how I saw all the red flags. I did the audio. Okay? So this is a victory lap and one I didn't want to take. The guy's a nice cold champion. He's not over. He's not over. Not in the real sense. Okay? All your flower-tossing tweets, they don't mean anything. Right. Not- yeah, we're all happy for him. But but what's the end result here? The guy's not over. Yeah, he's not a star. And that's... It no. sucks. He's a star in the way that WWE uses a star. He's the way... He's a star in the way that, you know, people tweet about 
WWE wrestlers as stars, but he's not actually a star, and that Rich, and that sucks. He should be. Roman, he should be. Roman, yeah, Roman Reigns is the most protected champion they've had in, in in maybe decades, and this guy's facing him at this pay per view, and no one's buying tickets to the show. You can't tell me Biggie is over, and it's a shame. He's not over in the business sense. Yeah. The one that matters. He's over on Twitter, which is fake, that no one cares about. It's fake. They can't sell tickets to this show. It's Roman Reigns versus Big E. Okay? And, and, and Roman's a whole other argument because SmackDown can't sell a ticket either. <laughs> can't sell a ticket. He's beaten everybody. Yeah. Uh, and they're building to his matches with The Rock and Brock Lesnar, which are happening <laughs> a year and two years apart. But, uh, yeah, other than that, it's great. But they're on a network, and they're going to do their $2 million by accident every week, and it doesn't matter. And then the one week they go on cable and go head-to-head with a show at 10 o'clock at night, they lose. Which is all you need to know about SmackDown. And this alleged hot run that Roman Reigns is on, because it's not. Okay? And and Roman Reigns' Big E cannot sell. Rich, have you seen the ticket sales for this It's uh, pretty dire. Yeah, they're not great. Uh, they're definitely not Don't great. Don't sit else. here and tell me. Tweet all you want. Don't sit here and tell me that Big E is over or he's some kind of hot champion. Because he's the complete opposite. In fact, he's one of the coldest champions that they've had. And I, and I hate saying that. They've yeah, because we, we've done audio he, since to, uh, 2014, I want to say, where we've said that this guy is a bona fide star. This guy could be a star. This guy could be the biggest thing in this entire company. I have long held that Big E, to me, will be the guy that when it's all said and done in, in 2015, 30 years or whatever, we'll look back at this era and say, how did they not get anything out of this guy? This is the best they got out of this guy? Whatever it is, whatever this is. You know, this quote-unquote, because I had no confidence that they would ever actually figure out what to do. When I said this, it, it's just like, it'll be unbelievable that that's the best they did with this guy, is, is whatever it is that they ended up doing with him. It's just, it, it, it's, it's mind-boggling, because it's just, he had everything you could possibly want, and and they they used to know how to tell these stories. They used to be able to do these, and they just decided one day, hey, he's going to be our champion, he wins the title, then he gets booked like crap, and now here we are. And it's 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 so predictable that this is the way it was going to go, and it's it's it's... Again, it's like you try to warn these people and they just don't listen. It's not even worth it anymore. Fine. All right. Cool. Great. This is the time. This You're right. This is the time that Vince McMahon and WWE are going to create a, a, a star again. They haven't created a star in fucking two decades, but yeah, they're going to do it right now. Sure. You got it. And then it's confirmation bias for the people running things that, ah, that guy's not a star. Yeah. It's, they have done it's, self-fulfilling prophecies for 20 years now. They blew it with Big E almost as bad as they've blown it with Bianca Belair. Rich, let's take a little trip. Oh, no, I don't want to do this. This is so bad. Now, they just don't believe in her. They, I don't care what anybody says. They don't oh, think she's a star. So, so, she's, so she's not being booked or treated like one. No. Uh, Becky Lynch comes back for SummerSlam and, of course, famously defeats Bianca Belair in eight seconds yeah. after Bianca, Bianca goes Belair for a handshake and a hug. Falls and for the handshake. Gets destroyed. It's beaten eight seconds. Which we were told then, to let it play out. And, Joe, I have oh, let it play oh. I have Joe, I have let it play Rich, out. So I'm let gonna, me show. Rich, I'm going to take you on a journey of playing out. Of playing out. Okay, because I have right sat back and so, let it play out. So, Joe. Well, uh, it's now November. Yes. So let me know how that has played out. I'm glad you asked. Because I'm going to take you through Bianca Belair's story playing out. Oh, it turns out she's not um, facing Becky on this show. Okay. Uh, anyway. All right. Sorry. I, a fool. Weird. Thought I thought at, she was. Okay. Go on then. No, I guess I, I, did. A fool, I, a fool, thought at minimum she would trade the title a couple times with Becky and it not mean anything. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like uh, these dumb title changes. Or, oh, she's a three times. What do you mean? She's not a star. She's a three times SmackDown women's champion. Okay. Rich, they haven't even bothered with that. Yeah. 
they haven't even bothered with that. Oh boy. Um, so this isn't a good play out, is it? Six days later at SmackDown, things are looking up. Things are looking good. Bianca Belair wins a number one contender four way. There we go. Over Carmella, Liv Morgan, and Zelina <laughs> Vega. Okay, so we're like, all right. This is exactly what I thought would happen. She's right. going to beat Becky Lynch at whatever the dopey B pay-per-view is. And we're going to pretend that it means something, even though Becky will win it. Okay. But that isn't even what happened. So we get to extreme rules, no contest against Becky Lynch. She does not in fact win the title from Becky. Um, the very next Friday night SmackDown, Sasha Banks defeats Bianca Belair. So uh, Bianca moves to raw where she has a DQ in a match against Charlotte Flair. Okay. On the next Raw... That's good, that's good protection, I'd say. Uh, no, it was shit. Oh. On the next... Uh, as you can see, she never beats the real <laughs> stars who are... Here's the trend here. Yes. The real stars She beats are Liv Morgan. She beats the, the, the Velvet... Well, well... <laughs> oh, what? The, <laughs> Excuse me? The, the real stars are Becky Lynch, Sasha, and Charlotte. We would agree on that, right? Uh, yes, correct. Anchi, and your count up the time she beats those people. Okay. So far, right. we're at so, zero. so far it's uh, one, one sec. Let me get. Oh, yeah, you don't get, need a calculator. Let me get WordPad out. No, zero. not a calculator. It's, all right, all right. It's not moving from zero. Buddy. Okay, so, so I have it at zero. All right, cool. Go. The next raw, Becky and Charlotte uh, wrestle Bianca Belair and Sasha mm-hmm. to another thrilling no contest. Okay. Um, still zero then, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, still zero. Got it. She gets another title match against Charlotte on Raw, and it's another DQ, so mm-hmm. we're still at zero. Zero, okay. At Crown Jewel, in a triple threat with Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch is your winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we're still at zero. She had zero. a chance to okay. beat two of them in that match, and, and we're it, still at zero. Zero, okay, got it. Oh, I already did that. The, I counted that zero already, so it's still zero. Monday Night Raw on November 1st, Becky Lynch defeats Bianca Belair. Okay. And Thanks. by the way, that's it for Bianca in terms of uh, title programs because on the very next okay. Raw... So it was it was zero at that point. We're still at zero, yeah. Okay. Right. Over the real stars, who they think are stars. Mm-hmm. On the next Raw, she's in a five-way number one contendership with Liv Morgan, Carmella, Queen Zelina, and Rhea Ripley. So you're like, oh, well, she'll win this because she's in there with a bunch of J-Brones, right? Yeah. Wrong. Liv <laughs> Morgan is your new number one. No. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> uh, Liv Morgan wins that five-way. So Bianca is no longer number one contender. Okay. We have tribute. We have tribute to the troops, though, Rich, which, as you know, is non-canon and doesn't count. Uh, Bianca finally wins a match. Hey, she defeats, she defeats Liv Morgan in three minutes at tribute to the troops in a match that does not count and isn't part of. Canon. So she becomes hey. the new number one contender, then, of course, right? By oh, that's it's... by the way, that is the only pinfall win that I've that Bianca mm. Belair has had since since SummerSlam. Other than the four-way number one contender match immediately following. Since SummerSlam, SummerSlam you say. Since SummerSlam. Yeah, it's snowing. Pin- it is snowing where I'm at right now, Joe. And when it, was, when it was SummerSlam, it was 95 degrees by me. And now it is snowing. Yeah. So you're telling me that this, that was a little bit of time ago. This match aired in November. Mm-hmm. And it's also non-canon. And that's the only pinfall win she had since SummerSlam. Other than that four-way number one contender match immediately following SummerSlam. There's over Liv Morgan on a non-canon show. This week on Raw, this past week on Raw, since she lost the number one contender five-way to Liv Morgan, now Bianca Belair is completely out of the title picture, and she's in a feud with Tamina Snuka. Oh. And she defeated Tamina Snuka well, hey. in four minutes <laughs> on got, Monday Night Raw. Got the big win over Tamina, though. That's, so, that that got to count for something, I'm sure. So if you're keeping count. Yep, I, and I am. 
She has how many wins over Becky, Charlotte, or Sasha with plenty of chances? How many? Let me run this. Let me run this. uh, Things. Zero plus zero plus zero. Zero. Uh, I got it at zero. I still have it at zero. Zero. What what does your number have? She has never defeated. So you have zero as well. Okay. So we're both at zero. All losses, every Mm. single opportunity. No wins against any of the three stars. Now. Her only two singles wins since she lost in eight seconds at SummerSlam is a non-canon victory on Tribute to the Troops over Liv Morgan and a victory over Tamina Snuka on Monday Night Raw three days ago. Those are her only singles wins since SummerSlam. Uh, Which took place in the summer, correct? Which took place uh, in August. Mm -hmm. So we have, have we let it play out long enough, you think? Hmm. Me, a WWF leaky brain WWE fan, says no, Joe. I am going to let it play out a little bit further. They, is this, There is no way that World Wrestling Entertainment doesn't realize what a star they have on their hands. So no, Joe, this, I am letting it play out much longer. Is this booking indicative of a star? Joe, I'm a leaky brain WWE fan. Yes, she's a star, and they're going to recognize it eventually. You know, Rich, often in WWE, the house shows tell the tale. Would you agree with that? Uh, I would agree, yes. So maybe Bianca Belair is doing well on the house show circuit, if, even if she's not doing well on television, right? Right. Yeah, sure. Well, I have some information here. Uh, hmm. Bianca Belair has wrestled Becky Lynch 10 times. 10 times. On house okay. Shows so we're going to do one on one matches. All right. My, divided by 10. Okay. Write that down. 10 yeah. Matches so 10 matches. Lynch 10 matches against SummerSlam. Becky Lynch. Okay. She has lost to Becky Lynch by pinfall nine times okay. and, has de- and has defeated Becky Lynch once via DQ. Via DQ, okay. On the house shows. <sighs> On the latest house show loop, they've been doing Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop. Three ways. The UK tour. Mm. You might be thinking, Rich, well, this is a... It's a hell of a match. <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, this is a great opportunity for Bianca Belair because she can... Yeah, get some pinfalls over Dewdrop, yeah. And the champion can take a powder while they're, you know... You know, we've seen it a million times. Yeah, heel champ takes a powder, Bianca pins Dewdrop. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Becky Lynch won all four matches. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Becky Lynch won um, all four of those matches. Rich, on a... Uh, there was a short house show stop after the Becky Lynch Bianca Belair program ran its course on the house shows. They did a four way match on multiple house shows: Charlotte Flair versus Bianca versus Rhea versus Sasha. Uh, the results of every single one of those matches, Charlotte Flair wins. The trend here, as you can see, is the stars do indeed win on all of these WWE shows, whether they're house shows or television. And those stars are Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. And Sasha Banks. Bianca Belair never wins. Not on TV. Not on the house shows. Not ever. I would add up her total win-loss record, Rich. It would be something like 4-20 and 20 or something like that. House shows and TV combined since SummerSlam. Probably worse than that. I might be generous. She never wins. Do you know why she never wins, Rich? Joe, is it because they don't believe in her? Because they don't see her as a star. So can we please stop with Bianca Belair? It's over. She's not even in a title program anymore. They pretended for about two months and put her in all those wacky three and four ways with the real stars. She never won any of the matches. 
And now she's been downcycled into a feud with Tamina Snuka. And Liv Morgan is in the spot previously occupied by Bianca Belair as the next great hope of them elevating someone who they also will not elevate. Because if you think they're going to elevate Liv Morgan, you're out of your fucking mind. Okay? Bianca Belair is now on the hamster wheel. Yeah, it sucks. She's 32 years old. She turns 33 in April. And as I said before, the booking does not lie. Rich, the booking never lies. They do not see her as a star. As soon as the real star came back at SummerSlam, she beat Bianca Belair in eight seconds. That was it for Bianca Belair. We tried to tell everybody that that was it for Bianca Belair. Nobody listened. We don't want to be right. I don't want to be right about Bianca Belair. Rich, how long have I been behind Bianca Belair? Oh, from the day... You saw her first in NXT, I think. First <laughs> NXT match. Yeah, I was gonna say all the way. I don't even remember when that was, man. What twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen, somewhere way, way, way back there when she was nothing. When she first match out of the gates. First her. match on NXT TV, Rich. This is your next big women's star in WWE. They cannot fuck this one up. How stupid am I? Why do we do this? <laughs> I don't do it anymore. I mentioned it earlier with the Daniel Bryan. I used to say the cream will always rise to the top. I don't do you that anymore. You did it for Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Oh, my God. Rhea Ripley. Don't get me started on that. You yes. did it for Rhea. I did it I for did. Rhea. I was like, they can't possibly. They can't possibly not find a way to use Rhea Ripley. Look, she's she's big. She's tall. She's muscular. She's pretty attractive. She's got good moves. She's wearing leather to appease Paul Levesque. She's doing everything possible. This can't not work. And... Joe, it, it, it didn't tag. work. It didn't work. Comedy, ta- comedy tag team. Yeah, it, it, it didn't work. At least she wins matches, though. True. Bianca Belair never wins matches. And she never beats the real stars. The booking does not lie. They simply don't see her at that level. That's why she never wins. And yeah, I know I got burnt by this once already, but she probably will win these hokey titles a couple more times. I don't have any doubt that that will happen, but it's not going to matter. Unless Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Sasha Banks go away, there's no spot at the top for her because they don't see her at their level. I didn't make up any of these results. They blew it with Bianca Belair, and it should have been a layup, and they blew it with Big E. Get into it, though. Yeah. Battle of brand supremacy. People will wear T-shirts. Some will wear red T-shirts. Others will wear blue. Uh, you have champion versus champion. Damian Priest, the Raw United States champion, versus Shinsuke Nakamura, the uh, SmackDown Intercontinental champion. So there you go. <laughs> RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Riddle. Uh, they are your Raw Tag Team champions. They will be facing the Usos. That is. Well, it's the battle for brand supremacy, so they're going to keep score here. And remember, yeah. um, you know, uh, one brand did a clean sweep not that long ago. <laughs> they did two years, I believe it was two years ago, Joe, yes. You probably don't remember what brand that was because what did it matter? Like, what did it lead to? Yeah. Uh, remember the year uh, the year NXT actually won yeah. the battle of brand supremacy. What did that lead to? Absolutely not. So we're going to do this again, and one of these brands will win, and no one will care a week later. There's no stakes. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And then they wonder why they can't sell a ticket and this show is ice cold because they've been teaching people for five years that nothing that happens on this show ever matters. And it makes no difference. You may continue. 
Uh, Big E versus uh, Roman Reigns, as we mentioned. So the Raw this champion. This should be the hottest match of the year in this company. Yeah, it's the this it's your be. one branch champion versus your other branch champion. It is Roman Reigns, the most protected champion since fucking Hulk Hogan or Bruno. Basically, he's more he is so much more protected than Stone Cold or The Rock. You go back to the Attitude Era stuff; yeah, those dudes were yeah. losing all the fucking time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Roman never loses. He never looks weak. He has, when's the last time Roman Reigns looked weak? It's been forever. <laughs> it's been it's years since his comeback. And, and, and I disagree with you. I think even if Big E pins him in the middle, I don't think it matters anymore. I think I think year, nine years of being a mid-card pancake thrower combined with a horrible, horribly booked title reign means that Big E is dead in the water no matter what they do in this match. He could pin Roman Reigns in 10 seconds. I really don't think it'll matter. Uh, Team Raw. This is the women's side here. Uh, as of this recording, I do I do preface yeah. this. We were recording this on Thursday, uh, the eighteenth. Things can definitely change uh, on Friday Night SmackDown. But right now, Team Raw is Bianca Belair, the aforementioned Bianca Belair, the aforementioned Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina are representing Team Raw. And Team SmackDown died blue. These people love. They bleed SmackDown Blue. Shayna, uh, Shayna Baszler, Sasha Banks, Shotzi, Natalia, and the Always Dangerous to be announced. So, Shotzi, no longer Blackheart. Uh, hold on Shotzi. a minute. Somebody in that has definitely changed. So one moment, I, I, I recall Tony Storm is now in that match, but I forget who she replaced. One moment. Let me, uh, let me see if I can find this out. This, as of our recording, did change. These teams change a lot. Yeah. These teams change a lot. Um, Tony Storm is... Oh, she's the to be announced. So it's Sasha, Shayna, Shotzi, Natalia, and Tony Storm. They remembered she was on the roster. <laughs> right. They said, wait a minute. They said, we could either cut her with the rest of these geeks, or we can put her in... And they, they chose to put her in the they put her in, they put her in. Yeah, so yeah, she... Uh, Wear a blue T-shirt. Team Raw. These people just absolutely. I mean, this. When you think of Monday Night Raw's war, Joe, you think of the following names. You think of Seth Rollins, who was on SmackDown a month ago. You think of Finn Balor, who was on SmackDown a month ago. You think of Kevin Owens, who was on SmackDown a month ago. You think of Bobby Lashley. Okay, he has been there for a while. And you think of Austin Theory. Yeah, and remember, uh, the Mysterios were on this team <laughs> at the start. Yeah, but they they got to tell their stories. So. Lashley beat the geek and took his spot. <laughs> Rightfully and, so. Right. I mean, let's be honest. And, and yeah, it's an upgrade for sure. Uh, why would you not want in kayfabe? Why would you not want Bobby <laughs> right? Your team—that's a bad team. Like you should probably have Lashley. Like if you're booking, if you're. Uh... <laughs> I was gonna say, this Christ, this company is so. Adam Pierce is the GM for both yeah. teams, right? Him and, yeah, they him don't and... even. Yeah. <laughs> Which Sonya. makes no sense either. <laughs> the GMs for both, yeah. but they're like making these teams. It's it's yeah. utterly irredeemably fucking shit. Yeah. It's so irredeemably why terrible. Anyone, why, why are there people put, that argue about this? Why do people watch this? What are you doing? Yeah. Why would you put Dom Mysterio on any team if you're trying <laughs> right, to win? I'm not putting Dom Mysterio. I'm not saying, ah, we need, we need the edge over uh, King Woods and Happy Corbin. I got it. <laughs> King Woods and Happy Corbin. Tom. What's Tom Mysterio who fucking stinks and is losing all the falls for his team so much so his dad wants to get rid of him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love people pretending King Woods is a good push, too. Love, that I love, too. Yeah, the King stuff, yeah, has, has worked wonders for, for numerous kings of uh, of recent vintage. So, yes. Well, what about, what about Wade Barrett? 
yeah, yeah, I would say Bad News Barrett was better uh, than King Barrett, but uh, King Seamus didn't uh, work out very well. Uh, King Ricochet was a, a resounding success that I think we can all agree on. Is that one even real? That one really happened? Um, did I make that up? I don't even- I think you made that up. <laughs> I don't think did I you, did. Did you just Mandela No, I, No, no, I think I it was a thing. Did. Yeah, isn't it? No, he used to just call himself that, but uh, I don't think he ever won I King of the Ring. I think he won a King of the Ring. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I'm not sure about that. And yeah. I think he just called himself that. Oh, well. Like, he, you know. Yeah, that's He true. just made he up won King of Gates. Thing. Does that count? <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> There you go, King of Gate Ricochet. Yeah. That was successful. Okay, so uh, he was not a recent. Oh, you know what? Let's 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 do a little. Um, who are recent King of the Ring winners? Yeah. You want to do that, Joe? Oh uh, yeah, sure. We love. Who this. could forget the classic? Yeah, I mean, you can you can rattle these off the top of your head. I mean, you 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 know right off the bat. You know, nineteen eighty five Don Morocco. You know that. You know this uh, eighty six King Harley race, of course. Of course, yeah. The Macho about- King Randy Savage eighty seven. Ted DiBiase. These aren't official ones. You get official here in 1993 with Bret Hart. Yeah. Owen Hart. Left ha- Haku out of there, but all right. Yeah. But he didn't win the tournament. He, he didn't, no, he won. won he just won the kingship, yeah. He won the crown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He won the crown. Uh, King he, Mabel. King Mabel, of course. Yeah. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who uh, nobody has retconned to do. He won the King of the Ring and then immediately became a superstar, but that's not actually how it happened. Uh, Triple H in 1997. Ken Shamrock in 1998. Uh Kickstarted his massive push. Uh, Billy Gunn in 1999, who uh, resulted in a kiss my ass match with The Rock, in which he lost. People didn't. People didn't like Billy Gunn winning the King. No, that's uh, like not go over well. Uh, me no. and my my message board days as a 12 year old also was like, no, nah, this isn't gonna work. This isn't gonna work. Uh, then they got things on track a little bit. Kurt Angle won it in 2000. Parlayed that into you know winning the WWE title later in that year. Uh, Edge in, in in 2001 that worked out pretty well for him. Brock Lesnar in 2002 that that worked out pretty good. Uh, then they decided, ah, shit doesn't work out at all, so they didn't do it for a bunch of years. 2006, we come back with King Booker. Yeah. Very yeah. famous one with King Booker. Uh, William Regal in 2008. Then they decided the shit doesn't work anymore, and then they took it away again. Uh, then we had, in 2010, we had King Sheamus. Yeah. Then they took that away again. Then we had the one night, do you remember this, in Moline, they had a one night tournament. Did we do, like, an instant reaction for this or something like that? It, it was, was on the network. It was like a network exclusive King of the Ring show in, in 2015, yeah. and that was when Bad News Barrett became King Barrett. King Barrett. Yeah, I would Wait, I Barrett. would argue that Bad News Barrett was a, a, a better thing for uh, for him. But then, Wait, uh, Barrett. Remember they would do Random House? Remember they did Smackville? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the fucking Tokyo one, man. That was great. Finn Balor versus Brock, the... Uh, Beast of the East. Beast of the East. Yeah, that shit ruled. I don't yes. know why they didn't do more of that stuff, but it was probably because it's a good idea. So of course they didn't fucking do it. It was right. it sold network subscriptions. So of course they couldn't find a way to make that work. Um, then they uh, again did not do it for a bunch of years, which is always this telltale sign of something that's working great. Uh, in 2019, they put it on Baron Corbin for King Corbin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they took it away for a bunch of years and brought it back in 2021, and now it's. King yeah, no one ever cares about woods. this. Yeah, they don't. It doesn't matter. It's garbage. No one cares. They go away for years at at a time. But give it to Woods. He puts it over like it's a big. Yeah. Deal. Hey. Yeah. He, yeah. He in another in any other generation, Xavier Woods would be at one of those cream rise at the top guys that we talk about, where he's just going to make it work because he's just going to make it work. You know what I mean? Like he's just there's just no way he's not going to make it work, but that's just not how that company yeah. operates anymore. So yeah, I don't know. I never really liked him. I thought Big E was always the guy at that group. Um, oh, I mean, like in terms of like a top top star. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. 
I just think yeah. Xavier. There, there's a spot for Xavier, but uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, sure. Yeah. This, yeah, this, sure. this is not the direction at all. But well, you know, oh, this company. But uh, anyway, so teams. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's yeah, let's on. let's move on. Team SmackDown: Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Happy Corbin, and uh, I think to be announced still. So hey, wasn't Aaliyah on one of these teams? What happened? Yes. Okay. So I guess Aaliyah actually was the to be announced, and then Tony Storm replaced Aaliyah. Uh, whatever. I think I I can't. My notes for this has changed so many times that I don't even care anymore. Who cares? And they're probably gonna. By the time most of you listen to this, it's probably gonna be four new people anyway. So who gives a shit? Aaliyah's never gonna happen. I mean, people love Aaliyah. I don't get it. I, I see. I see nothing. Uh, I don't yeah, get. I don't. I don't get the Aaliyah thing either. Nothing. But, but good for them, I guess. Uh, and then the uh, the uh, match that I think I am looking forward to because oh boy, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Not because of anything that WWE has done, but these girls are shooting, Joe. This is fun. Can, get, what are your thoughts on what's going on here? Or do you want me to kind of read the quotes to kind of set the stage for what the hell's no, going on I, with these people? I, I I thought Becky on Ariel Hawani said a lot of things that and becky's at the point where she could say whatever she wants because she doesn't give a fuck yeah she's that fuck you point she's she's a fuck you star at this point which is great yeah and um you know basically he asked her you know um do you like her and she said no and he goes are you know are are you gonna try to well what's gonna happen sunday are you gonna just try to make it work and she's like yeah you know we'll, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens i think that they legitimately hate each other's guts and i think that the whole title exchange thing that we talked about a few weeks ago and all of the fallout was a shoot um it's pro wrestling you always have to be wary of a work but i don't think this is a work in the sense that they're working together i i think that they legitimately don't like each other and they might be turning it up a tad to try to build the, the match but i don't think any of these feelings are being fabricated and I don't think any of these feelings are untrue. And I think that Becky legitimately doesn't like her. And I think that Charlotte doesn't like Becky. And um, I, 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 I'm normally the first person to call this stuff a work. I don't, I don't think it's a work. I think, um, are they doing some match building? Maybe, but I think it's all rooted in reality. I do too. Yeah, this, this for people that weren't alive or or, or following wrestling during the the, the Brett Sean thing of 1997. There was, for years, these guys hated each other. And it was always kind of this simmering hatred between these two. They never really saw eye to eye. They were really never close. But they could work together. They were fine working together because they realized at the end of the day, it's wrestling. And, and once we get in the ring there, you know, I trust the person across the ring for me. We're just going to go out there. We're just going to work. And little by little, more and more, that just it kept going and more and more. And then you had the Sunny Days comment. And then you had Vince McMahon stoking the flames and, and kind of working both guys against each other. And it ends up with them literally fighting me backstage and Bret Hart ripping out Shawn Michaels hair and Shawn Michaels saying, I'm not working here ever again. This is an unsafe work environment, yada, yada, yada. They ended up getting it back on track, obviously until, you know, ironically enough survivor series when, uh, you know, Bret is, is, is going to leave the company and everything kind of blows up from there. But yeah, it, it like, I, I don't think that these people can't work together. Like, I don't think that Becky and Charlotte can't work together, but we're getting to a very weird point with this where, where, yeah, I do see that people are saying, Oh no, 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 it's a work. There's a lot of stuff being said here that that goes beyond a work. There, there's work, you know what I mean, and there's 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 things being said by both of these people that are, that to me have no benefit in in the sense of a work and are things that we know are true. You know what I mean? Like they're they're absolutely true things that both people are saying. So are they playing it up a little bit? Are they overemphasizing it a little bit? Yeah, maybe, but I I don't think that these are any 
you know, non-genuine feelings between these two people. I, I think we they truly do hate each had, other. We already know that they had existing heat, and they got into it after the, the right. belt exchange. Right. So I, I don't see why everyone thinks that this is all fabricated all of a sudden. Um, you know, I, I think they don't like each other. I think Becky's had enough of Charlotte shit. Um, I think I think Becky was one million percent in the right with the belt exchange. I don't see Charlotte's point of view at all. I think Charlotte was dead wrong uh, going into business for herself. You just don't do that. And whether you like the idea or not, it's not you don't go into business for yourself in the ring with other people, with two other people involved. That's wrong. Becky was a million percent in the right. Charlotte was 100 percent in the wrong. And, you know, I we talked about that a few weeks ago. So I don't I, you know, I totally understand why Becky might be completely annoyed with her and beyond the point of wanting to repair any relationship. And they had problems before that. They didn't really like each other before that either. So are they both pro wrestlers? Do they know they have an opportunity to, to, to try to heat up this ice cold card and turn this thing up a little bit? Yeah, maybe, but I think it's all rooted in reality. And I think that this stuff is like 90% shoot. That's, that's my take on it. Now, Ric Flair getting involved and, you know that it's 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 going to be Rick being Rick and 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 you know he does what he does, um, but right now I don't even know if they want to be involved with Ric Flair, meaning the company. I don't. Yeah, I don't think WWE wants to be in the Ric Flair business right now. So that that's another aspect of it that I'm sure that they're not saying, "Hey, Charlotte, can you get your dad involved in this?" Like, there's no way that that's that's not something they want to be in right now. So yeah, um, so it's dicey. It, it is. It's definitely so. I I'm fascinated to see this match uh, on on Sunday because. There's always a reckless danger to any Charlotte Flair match, but uh, uh, particularly one where she probably doesn't care very much for her opponent. And and Becky, obviously, like you said, she's got fuck you. I don't care, uh, uh, you know, push and, and stardom at this point as well on her end. Uh, you know, they need her more than she needs them type stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun one, I think. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if they're going to start shooting on one another. I don't know what the hell. You know, like, I don't think that that's going to happen, but. You know, I could I could see some things. You know, if something goes awry or something gets a little weird, I could definitely see it being a. Well, Charlotte, you know, Charlotte got into a shoot with Nia Jax. That's what I mean. Like, it, it Charlotte's always kind of reckless and dangerous, and, and and finds her way into that. So I don't think it's totally impossible that something gets fucked up or, or somebody gets a little too snug on something and 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 things go awry. So, I mean, I'll be honest. It's it, whether or not it's a shoot or, or work or whatever. It, it is absolutely enhanced my uh <laughs> absolutely enhanced my enjoyment of this match and my anticipation of it so uh yeah we'll see it's one of the only things i care about in on, on survivor series so i yeah i guess good for I them but i can't find the quotes that i wanted to um talk about but i guess it doesn't matter people have seen them by now the, the hawani thing was um that becky was on was uh was very interesting in, in the way that she spoke about charlotte and the way that she was just uh, completely honest about everything. It wasn't, yeah, for people, I think there's a lot of people who probably read the quotes and didn't watch the interview. This isn't Becky Lynch, the man pro wrestling promo person. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, you know, I hate to use it, but it, it was, it was kind of like uh, Rebecca, you know what I mean? <laughs> just kind of sitting there being like, yeah, you know, we don't like each other. We used to, we don't like each other anymore. You know, it's whatever. She yeah. doesn't like that I'm a big star now, and and yeah, she can't take it, you know. And she said she was unprofessional with the belt exchange. Yeah. She, you know, she said I. And the, the one new nugget we learned was that Becky said she knew Charlotte was going to go into business for herself, and she warned people, and nobody listened to her. And then when they got in the ring, Charlotte went into business for herself. That we didn't know beforehand. We knew that Charlotte went into business for herself, and then they had the, the. Uh, the dispute in the back and that Charlotte got sent home and everything. What we didn't know 
is Becky sensed it was going to happen, told the people in charge, and they sent them out there anyway. That was the new information that we got. And I thought that was very interesting yeah. too. Because she knew she was being sent out into a hornet's nest. And where this was going to go awry, it was just a matter of how it was going to go awry. And that was very unfair to her and Sonya Deville. And I, I, you know, I think Charlotte is 1 million percent in the wrong on this whole thing. I think Charlotte just believes her press clippings. You know, she she believes that she's this enormous star because the company treats her like one. Yeah, well, and, and she thinks, too, that, hey, it doesn't matter because you can fire me tomorrow and I'm going to moonwalk myself into uh, AEW. And yeah, mm. I, I think, you know, I'd be it, it would probably happen, but I'd be very, very wary of her. And La Sombra and that whole crew. I'd be very wary of bringing them all in. Yeah, I'm with you. I would be very wary. They, they, all, they all are different levels of bad news. Roosh and Charlotte. And, you know, I'm sure Tony would like to bring Ric Flair in, but he can't right now because Ric Flair is, you know, is just someone you don't want to go near at the moment. Well, luckily, um, he's going to re- repair his uh, his public image doing a podcast with Mark Madden about the marks. So this should yes. this should go great. So that's... Over under 12 and a half episodes. <laughs> under, for sure. Are you kidding? Taking the under? You're, you're slamming the under? I am slamming the under on a Ric Flair podcast project going under. What did you say? 12 and a half? I give it 12 and a half. That, I'm saying three months is the, what are they doing? One a week? I think one a week. Uh, definitely under. Definitely so that's under. why I Th- this should be done by what do you say? That's three months. That would be over under three months is what I'm saying. So the over under is 12 and a half episodes. Yeah. The, somewhere in January, this thing's over for sure. Yeah. Flair's just going to get bored. Like he, he did the first run with Conrad where he just stopped doing it. You know, he just was like, People no, think it's easy. They right. think it's easy. It's not easy. It sucks. It's a, it's a brutal life. <laughs> it's a fucking grind. And they don't realize that. Um, you know, so so we'll see, but uh, yeah, that's uh, really the only intrigue at all. Yeah, with with Survivor Series at this point. Uh, Joe, I'm gonna do an ad read two and a half hours into the show, and I'm sure they'll be thrilled with the placement of this. <laughs> they are gonna love it because Joe, this episode of the Flagship Podcast is sponsored by. My bookie, when it comes to gambling, you always want to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck, and that's why you should bet with my bookie. At my bookie, you can bet on all of your favorite sports with exclusive promotions, contests, and more to find your winning bet. Right now, when you make your first deposit with my bookie, you'll instantly receive double your first deposit. It's easy. All you have to do is go to mybookie.ag, sign up, and use the promo code that we have here. Voices again, that's the exclusive promo code here. Voices and my bookie will double your first deposit instantly up to a thousand dollars. The promotion is available only for a limited time, so do not miss out. Again, go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code Voices and secure your double deposit bonus today. That's promo code Voices, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Again, mybookie.ag, use the promo code Voices. And you'll get a double bonus deposit up to $1,000. You deposit $500, they'll put in $500. You deposit $10, they'll put in $10. Whatever you do, up to $1,000, they will double that immediately. MyBookie.ag, promo code VOICES. All right, so we're going to have to get uh, get creative here, but I think we can do it pretty easily here. Uh, we got about a half hour left on the show. so Do we really? Yeah. Oh, we got plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time. Uh, you want to start with uh, Battle in the Valley? You want to talk about this Rev Pro show? Where do you want to go? Um, 
my phone is just exploding with this top dollar stuff. I don't know what, what, what do people want from me? Like I, you know, um, hold on. <laughs> How am I perpetually connected to this? Game? I guess like, you are. Did... Yeah, I guess so. Um, okay. So what are we talking about now? Uh, it's up to you. The floor is yours. You want rough pro? You want new Japan? What do you want? Let's do New Japan. Let's do New Japan. Battle in the Valley, uh, San Jose. It was obviously the same day as Full Gear, so we were not able to uh, uh, to cover it uh, until this uh, flagship here. But uh, a, a a decent show, uh, a show that I didn't hate that I watched, but I would call it unspectacular. I don't know. It just it was fine. There was a lot of stuff I liked on this show, but there was nothing that I would say. Oh my god, you have to go out of your way and you have to see this match. Do, do you agree or disagree? I thought there were. Two surefire notebook matches on this show. They weren't match of the year contenders, but there were two notebook matches and two and one other that was very close and a bunch of other stuff I really liked. I really liked this show. I I, I had a lot of fun watching this show. Yeah, so ultimately, like it, it, it did kind of fit the kind of Rich Crate special that we always talk about, where like everything was good, like everything on the show was solid enough to be be, be decent. Uh, all with you know, aside from one match that was unfortunately because of an injury more than anything, but uh, yeah, I think everything on the show was good. I just I don't know if I anything reached the highs that, that you're talking about here, but we'll uh, let, let's go match by match and figure out uh, where we maybe differ here. Uh, never open weight title match. This was the main event. We'll start here. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii defeats Jay White to become the new never open weight champion. 28 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, and Joe, I, I think I know your thoughts on this match. I believe I saw you talking about this as well, and, and unfortunately, I'm gonna have to echo your exact thoughts. Uh, with the match, but what did you think of uh, Ishii and, uh, and Jay White? I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I thought it stopped um, too. <laughs> That's, I, I was, that was my hot take, and then I saw that you had the exact same take, and I was like, ah, crap. Now it's ah, good. well, you know? ah, nuts. Um, sometimes Jay White really lands with me, and other times like this, it doesn't land at all. Um, you know, what was funny about this is my, my New Japan world crashed, like it is often <laughs> known to do. And I can normally find my place in a match pretty easily when it crashes because you remember like the last big spot that happened or something memorable and you just fast forward and you you look for that spot and all right, I'm back in the back where I was left back where I left off. In this match, it was Jay White just slowly grinding Tomohiro Ishii to a halt for the first twenty-five minutes of the first of, of the twenty-eight minutes of this match. And one moment was indistinguishable from the next, and I could not figure out where uh, the app crashed. So I watched this entire match over again, which probably made me hate it more. And um, this was just boring as shit. And then if you're going to do this kind of match where Jay White just totally controls the guy for 90% of the match, you have to have a big fiery comeback at the end. If the other guy is going to win. And to me, Ishii just won it out of nowhere. This match just had no juice. And I know that Jay White thinks he's a genius and comes up with these match non-traditional match structures. You know what? Sometimes, why don't you just go out there and have a New Japan match and trade finishers and do some near falls and, uh, and, and, and stop thinking that you're a genius that's smarter than everybody else. This Jay White just loves to smell his own farts. I know. I, I and, really, I'm, I'm, I've grown very tired of this style, and I've grown very tired of this, especially on the same night that we'll talk about a match that I really did like and a heel shtick that I really did like in a match uh, with Will Ospreay and Ren Narita. To me, that's what I want out of kind of a quote-unquote New Japan heel. And I know the Jay White thing is that he's kind of a chicken shit, and that's, but it, when it's 27 minutes of him being a chicken shit, it, it really starts to wear on you a little bit. And when it's the same chicken shit routine on every single main event, every single match, every single big moment, it really just like... 
I'm ready for something new with Jay White. I'm ready for whether that's, you know, him changing up his style, whether it's him changing up his gimmick or him just not even being in this company anymore. I'm 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 so over Jay White. I, I'm done. I'm done I, with I'm Jay White. I'm over him too. I'm over him too. He and one of my favorites. Like honestly, legitimately one of my favorite when he's on, there is nobody as good as Jay. I mean, he is one of the best in the world when he's on. I gotta admit that I don't think he's been on for more than a couple matches in the last, you know, two years, basically. It's been, I just think, it's been a disaster. I just, I just think that he thinks he's more clever than he really is. I, I think that's what it is with him. I think he outthinks himself. And uh, I thought this match was just a bore. And um, I, I didn't really like it at all. So I'm ready for him to just fuck off to NXT 2.0. Uh, I'd be fine with that at this point. If he sticks around, fine. If he leaves, I wouldn't. You know, he can go with Juice and David Finley and they could just head off to NXT. If that's what they want to do, and um, and and I wouldn't miss any of them, to be completely honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And the thing is, like, what what you want out of the ideal scenario in a I'm being a chicken shit heel or I'm being an asshole heel is that you want the crowd to just live and die by the babyface beating you and coming back and beating you and doing that sort of stuff. We saw that earlier in the night. You know what I mean? We saw that exact scenario play out earlier in the night. It wasn't in this match though. And that's when you can, when when you can't tell that story with Tomo Ishii, you're you're not good at your job. You know, you you think you're doing heel stuff and you are doing, you know, by the numbers, by the book, quote unquote, heel wrestling work. But if it doesn't make the crowd want to see the babyface guy whoop your ass, then it's not good. And and that's that's unfortunate. We've been having with Jay White for a while now is just he's having these long, boring matches where he doesn't wrestle. He doesn't do anything. Nothing happens in these matches. He does one move, sits on the outside, talks shit to the referee, walks around, maybe throws a guy into, against a guardrail, comes back in, rolls out of the ring again. It's just not it's not good. Slaps on a hold. Yeah, it's not you good. Know, it makes the fans don't care. And if they don't care, you're not doing a good job. Even if you're doing quote unquote by the book, even if in a vacuum you're doing good heel wrestling work, if the crowd doesn't give a shit it's not it's good, not good. <laughs> right yeah. it's we yeah. say just because you're telling a story doesn't mean it's good just because you're being a heel doesn't mean you're doing it well like it's it, and that's that's the issue here with, with he, Jay White lately. He, he is good but i didn't think that the comeback made up for it no you, you need the big huge comeback fiery comeback kick the guy's ass and beat him but i thought ishii's win was very abrupt so no this match did not work for me uh okada versus buddy matthews so I really like this, and I think the best description I saw for it, I'm going to steal it from uh, Rob Reed from our uh, from our Slack chat. Uh, his lordship, Robin Reed, um, who said this reminded him a lot of the first Okada-Will Ospreay match from RevPro, the one that got Okada's attention and got Will Ospreay into New Japan, in that they had when they went out there and had a very good match where you know they left shit on the table. and. Okada didn't have this big, long closing stretch back and forth with Buddy Matthews, nor should he have. Okada's going to main event the Wrestle Kingdom show, two of them, mm-hmm. maybe three, coming up in January. And he's the G1 winner and he's making a claim for the world title. And he should beat this outsider relatively. He shouldn't job him out, but he shouldn't struggle with him. And he didn't. And he put him away uh, pretty abruptly once it came down to it. But I thought that it was a very good match up to that point. It was the right finish. It was the right kind of finish. And I thought that Buddy Matthews proved that he can work at the New Japan level. And watching this match, I was thinking to myself, I would love to see Buddy Matthews go through a G1 and wrestle everybody with all these different styles. I'd love to see him in there with an Ishii and a Goto and especially a Will Ospreay. I'd love to see him have more matches with Okada. So 
We'll see what comes of it. I had this as a low-level notebook match. I went four stars flat, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it too. Yeah, I, I and and I like I saw some people that were disappointed by it, and I get that. If you thought you were going to get a match of the year level match between these two guys, I get that. But you're right, and and that's the same thought I had when the match was over. Is saying, hey, look, like it doesn't make sense that this buddy. I mean, who is Buddy Matthews in New Japan canon? Buddy Matthews is nobody. You, you know what I mean? He's just a yeah. dude that just come. You know, uh, uh, you know, and, and Okada's fucking Okada. Like it, it should be a match that is well worked and back and forth or whatever to prove that Buddy Matthews is a guy that's you know can get on the level of an Okada, but you don't want him on the level of an Okada, nor do you want Okada to feel like he's on the level of a Buddy Matthews. So I had no problem with them doing a decent enough back and forth, but when it needed to be done and when it needed Okada just to beat him, he just beat him. And 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 I'm with you. There are, There's definitely a better match in these guys. There's definitely a better opportunity for these guys to have a great match. This was not that opportunity. So so when it was done, it was one of those things I was like, oh man, I kind of thought that was going to be better. But at the end of the day, I was like, nah, you know what? It, it was exactly probably what it should have been. So I had I had almost no issue with it whatsoever. So I, I, I liked it. I would have loved to have seen a great match between these two, but I'll take a very good one. Sure, for sure. If you if know, it means that they're 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 leaving a little bit to you know to, to to play up a bigger story later down the line. And the more important thing is, I think Buddy Matthews would fit in New Japan like a glove. I think he could do some really interesting work there, and I hope this isn't a one-off. So uh, we'll see if it is similar to that Okada Osprey match. In that Okada puts in a good word and says, "I think we should bring this guy in," and um, hopefully that's the case. Uh, move on quickly here. Uh, Moose versus Juice Robinson. I did not think much of this match. What did, what did you think? I thought it was okay. Um, I didn't think it was a great match or anything, but um, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I think that Juice, I, I like Juice. Juice is fine, but I, I I do think it's time for Juice to move on. I, I There's nothing left for him to do in New Japan. They're never going to push him harder than they already have. So um, he needs to find something new to try, whether that's Impact full-time, whether that's AEW, whether that's going back to NXT. I, I think his time in New Japan is is done. I, I've I've seen enough of Juice Robinson. Yeah, it, and it honestly feels like his heart isn't really in it either. So I think it's probably the best for everybody at this point yeah. for for him to move yeah. on. So uh, my match of the night here was Will Ospreay versus Ren Narita. I thought like, and that was what I was alluding to earlier. When you say here's a heel working to make the babyface, the crowd living and dying and whining this babyface so badly to beat this asshole heel and the heel doing just enough to get on the, the, the fans' nerves but just enough to still go out there and have a great match. That was this match here with Will and Renderita. I thought this was awesome. Yeah, this was the best match of the night. I went four and a quarter. Uh, Will Ospreay is Will Ospreay. He's just great. He's a pretty good wrestler. Yeah, yeah, he's not bad. If not for that you know, period where he was uh, injured, he'd be right there in the in the wrestler of the year race for me for the third year in a row. I don't know if he could do enough with the rest of his year to catch, uh, you know, your, your Shingo's or your Kenny Omega's or people like that, but he really is having a great year and he's one of the top five wrestlers on the planet. Again, he has great chemistry with Narita. It's the second time he's had a, a great match with Ren Narita under completely different circumstances and different kinds of matches too. So, you know, this, this is Ren Narita. Who's not, who's not a young boy. Last time he wrestled him, he was a young boy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. And then, of course, you know, we, we we come to find out later in the evening that it'll be Willow Spray and Okada at one of the nights of Wrestle Kingdom. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I think point. I think it's the second but, of the nights, but uh... so it's Okada versus Shingo, and then Okada versus 
wait, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't, Joe. You're right. (laughs) Joe, you are correct that it doesn't make any sense. Let me confirm that it does truly not make any sense, because I believe I'm right, but I want to make sure that I'm not uh, right. Uh, Yes, night one, Shingo versus Okada. Night two, Shingo or Okada versus Will Ospreay. No, Joe, it makes no sense. Whatever. I just hope the matches are great, (laughs) and there's a good chance that they can be. At this point, yeah, that's the best you can hope for in New Japan, is is not for it to make sense, but for it to to be good, I guess. uh, as all I can look for. Uh, one note I wanted to make about this match, uh, and then we'll move on, is uh, is your boy, Alex Kozlov, the uh, commentary extraordinary Alex Kozlov. Not uh, my boy. <laughs> when Renrita came out, goes, you know, I call him Mr. Upset or the Upset King or whatever it was. <laughs> and Kevin goes, oh, yeah? <laughs> as in, no, you don't. And yeah. why would you? <laughs> yeah. What upsets upset? has Renrita had? Like, <laughs> I loved Kevin Kelly's reaction. It was so good. He goes, oh, uh, you Kelly know, Kevin, I call this guy the upset king. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't won anything. Like, what are the upsets? <laughs> right, like what upsets has Renderita ever had? So I, I love Alex Kozlov. It's, yeah. it's, it's quickly growing in a whole, whole on level, like just ridiculous. Like he's so bad. He's good type stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Anyway, quickly, uh, Clark Connors and Carl Fredericks versus uh, Cobb and TJP of the United Empire. Did you? Did that surprise you? Um, that surprised me. Yeah, yeah, I would say. I, I, I definitely did not. I mean, I definitely expected Cobb to get a win for sure over over yeah. anybody. I mean, just Jeff Cobb getting the win felt like a formality. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That was that was a little shocking to me. Yeah, that was a surprising finish for me, for sure. Uh, and then you had the uh, Team Filthy versus Team uh, Rosser here. So Coughlin, Zane, Finley, Rosser, Romero versus uh, Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, Jared Kratos, Royce Isaacs, Tom Lawler. I love Tom Lawler's entrance music in New Japan. And I love the whole disgusting aesthetic of him and his crew. Yeah. They are filthy. They're oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's, they're like mismatched, too. You got like yeah. these two Puerto Rican guys. <laughs> you have JR Kratos. Like, it makes yeah. no sense, but they're just Kratos, all. Kratos, who looks like a comic book villain. <laughs> right. It makes no Tom sense. Tom Waller and his denim cutoffs. <laughs> right. And then Royce Isaacs, for some reason. Yeah. And also, it's, Royce yeah. Isaacs is there, too. Yeah. So it's two Puerto Ricans, a guy that looks like a comic book villain, Tom Waller and Daisy Dukes. And then also, Royce Isaacs is there, too. But it works. Yes. But it works. And that's yeah. what makes pro wrestling great. That, that like this is a Survivor Series team. You can lose me. You can miss me with these fucking Team Raw and Team SmackDown. This is a Survivor Series team here. The tag team of the Puerto Rican dudes, Jared Kratos for some reason, Royce Isaac for some reason, and Tom Lawler is the, the team captain for some reason. Yeah, that's Survivor Series, baby. But they're not like they're friends. Yes, like, they're not even right, random. Right. They're just yeah, yeah, and they are filthy. Lawler's a filthy, filthy man. But uh, he's got this feud going with Rosser. He cut off his hair, and he's carrying it around like a scalp. You know, that's old-school wrestling heat right there. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was a it was a New Japan 10-man tag, you know. Uh, and then we had the uh, a match that unfortunately ended much quicker than it was supposed to. The Stray Dog Army, Bateman and, and Mysterioso, uh, they defeat Violence Unlimited, Brody King and Chris Dickinson. Chris Dickinson does a, uh, a frog splash off the top. And fucking dislocates his leg or something. It was, the injury sounds horrific. I'm not even gonna name. Listing off the injuries are horrific, but it's gonna be a, a while for Chris Dickinson. This is a big he's time. He's gonna injury. be out. He's gonna be out six months, and I think he's gonna have problems coming back after that. That's a horrible, horrible injury that dislocated hip. So it's a shame because you know he's. They're probably gonna bring him to Japan, and that's the that's the Bo Jackson injury, right? Similar, yeah. I think yeah, that was his. Yeah, I think he dislocated his hip. Yeah, it's you not can good. lose a lot of athleticism from that. It's it's a bad deal. 
But, um, you know, it, it, it's never good timing, but this really was horrible timing for him. And, you know, there was mass confusion when it happened. I think the other team was supposed to win. And then, you know, obviously. Yeah, nobody was, knew what to do because he couldn't do anything. It's not like, the, he, you know, there's some move. injuries where yeah. you can get up and do. I mean, he just grabbed his leg and just immediately was screaming in pain. And it was just like, oh, crap. Now what do we do? And, and so yeah. they cut the camera away and Bateman pinned him with the camera on the other two guys. Mysterioso brawling. and Brody were brawling on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, and then Kevin Kelly's like, ah, what did he do to him? Like, he's still trying to sell it. Like, it's, yeah, it's just a, you can't blame anyone. It was just, no, a no, it's a terrible, terrible situation point. for everybody. And, and yeah, so big win for the stray dog army. Yeah, they're going to ride this momentum into uh, something. Anyway, uh, Josh Alexander and Yu Yu Amura was our opener. Uh, I, I thought, loved it. Yeah, it was great. Just classic wrestling, just pro wrestling 101. Josh Alexander, the, the, the KG veteran, Yu Yu Amura, the upstart youngster. Yu uh, Amura, he's, dude, that dude's going to be such a star. Uh, yeah, you Mora looked great. I thought Ren Narita looked great on this show too. And I think that Josh Alexander, like Buddy Matthews, is a guy I'd love to see go through a G1. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, that match is well worth it. Oh, time. my God, Josh Alexander in a G1. Whew. I would love to see oh, him go through a G1. That would I rock, mean, yeah. He'd tell, he'd have like, he'd tell such good stories throughout it too. You know, one time his leg would get hurt and he'd tell that story for like five matches or whatever. Yeah, he'd rock. He'd rock. Let me tell G1. you something. People are sleeping on... Like, I know New Japan's at a rough go. You've been down on them more mm-hmm. than anyone. They have their claws into some very interesting wrestlers. When they get those crowds back, and it's coming soon, and they are able to get this full crew together, and the dust settles on who they're going to bring in and who they're not. And when they combine these two crews, I know I've said it a couple of times. I'm going to say it again. Watch out. New Japan is going to have a loaded roster, and they are going to, uh, there's going to be some great, great matches in that company. When they get everybody put back together and they've got hot crowds again and fans that are fired up because they're allowed to cheer. I mean, you get people like Buddy Matthews and Josh Alexander in the mix, Brody King. You get Tom Lawler over there. Yeah. He could do some interesting things. What's what's really cool is that there seems to be guys that are loyal to New Japan, like saying, no, 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 this is where I want to work. And that's cool. If you're New Japan, that's great. Because you would think that there'd be a lot of people now with the landscape of wrestling in, in, in America like it is and, and, and all these other options that they would say, ah, you know what, nah, you know, I'll work a spot show or two or whatever. But guys like Josh and guys like Brody and guys like Dickinson, of course, uh, before the injury and, and, and guys like, you know, there's plenty of dudes that feel like a buddy, another great example, guys that feel like they want to be in this they company. They want to be? The- yes. Right. And then you can bring back Clark Connors and Carl Frederick and Alex Coughlin. Don't forget them. You've got... TJP and Aussie Open, who are now part of United Empire. Don't forget about those guys. It's just, there's just so many people. Fred Rosser has done a great job. Mm -hmm. I think he's earned a, he's under contract now. Yeah, good for him. He's earned a spot, you know, and, and, and that's a guy who I thought was the jaggiest of Jags. And he has really worked hard to improve. And he earned that spot. I mean, they are going to have a loaded roster when they get everybody back together. So, um, you know, I, I think that um, they they can rekindle a lot of interest, a lot of lost interest, because people, you know, for a lot of good reasons, have really stopped paying attention. But um, watch out when they get that roster together. Uh, quickly, do you want to jump on? Uh, we, we have a couple minutes left. Uh, anything on the best of the Super Juniors World Tag League? I have seen zero, so I don't know if you have like, s- quick picky thoughts be- about. That's what I can do because I've seen one show from each, so I can tell you that. Uh, the big keys to the super juniors right now is show is 
undefeated and he's totally doing junior evil. He is a junior evil. He, right. All his matches are loaded, just like we suspected, just like I reported on behind the paywall months ago. That's exactly what they're doing with show and he's getting the big push. He beat the champion on night one. You know, they always like to come out with a big night one, no matter what tournament they do. Um, and, you know, cheated, you know, and they, they made us watch a 25-minute match before there was – like, I, it's be so much tolerable if these matches were like 11 minutes. But, you know, they just drag you through these long-ass matches, and then they do the evil bullshit at the end. Well, that's what show is now, unfortunately. So you got to get used to that. Um, Taiji Ishimori and Yoshinobu Kanemuro, you know, they have that long rivalry going back to Noah. They had a really cool three-minute match on the first night and uh, where Kanemuro – did kind of more things. That was a lot of fun. Um, the rest of the show, there really isn't much to, to break down. I thought Bushi and Doki had a, had a surprisingly good match. Huh. Okay. And they worked hard. The back end of that show though, wasn't, wasn't very good at all. As far as the world tag league goes, everyone listening needs to go out of their way and watch the opener from the first show, which was the techers against Minoru Suzuki and Taka Mishinoku. Cork and Hall, first match out of the gate. And Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. beat the living shit out of Taka Mishinoku. <laughs> Uh-oh. And Introduction time? I think it was, all right, you're back. Well, you're going to, you know, this you're going to have to earn your spot. And they really let him have it. And Suzuki stayed out of the way. And then the story of the match was Suzuki would get in there and hold his own. It was such a cool match. And then Taka would like beg to be tagged back in. Like, let me prove myself. Like that kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Minoru would like, sh- he, Suzuki would like shrug his shoulders. And be like, All right. And then he'd <laughs> get him in. in Let's whoop his ass. <laughs> and he'd take another whooping. And, the, and it was stiff and nasty. I'll have to watch that for and sure. It sounds awesome. The Rich, you are going to love the finish of this match they techers win this by in-ring count out they beat him so bad oh my god yes <laughs> they just whooped his up. ass so much he couldn't move he couldn't get up from the 10 count when's the last time you saw an in-ring oh count my out? god i love it now they always do it but you never see it right like he, and so then they he can't get up and they win it by count out and then they they drag them up, and they're all they're all Suzuki gun, obviously. So they all hug it out. <laughs> Just classic, yeah. And it's like, all right, you 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 earned your you passed, you yeah, you stripes. passed the test, yeah. You you got you know you took your ass whooping like a man. You didn't cower. Uh, Taichi was particularly stiff with him. Um, and then they all hugged it out and and fucking. <laughs> Left together, drink some, <laughs> drink some whiskey and backstage, and, and yeah, <laughs> this was so good. Hell yeah! And I almost skipped it, like because on paper you're like, oh great, the Techers. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of them to begin with, and then it's like, ah, well, Taka is gonna get pinned. But this was so. All right, I'll, I'll definitely good. check it out then. So the rest was like, you know, I like that the classic teams are back together. We've got uh, Ten Koji back together. They picked up a win on night one. Um, you know, Makabe and Hanma are back together. So I like how the classic teams are in there. If you're wondering if they were going to book Tiger Mask with a little more respect because he has a title. No, he ate the pin just like we thought he would. So Tanahashi has a new haircut. Um, you know, so and, and him and Yano are wearing like matching ring jackets. So they're really into this idea of being a team and they're off to a good start. 
But uh, yeah, the highlight for me so far, without question, was that Suzuki Gun versus Suzuki Gun match, which I think is a must watch for everyone. All right, then quickly we'll run down this uh, Rev Pro uh, show that's coming up uh, this weekend. By the way, rant uh, number one million eight hundred nine seven whatever the hell. Uh, clicked about ten different links and event pages and ticket links before finally giving up and, and just clicking through a bunch of images on Twitter to piece together this card. So it's uh, a joke. Rev Pro, you have a website. Uh, you haven't updated the yeah. uh, blog posts since July, so maybe do that. Uh, also, you can put the card on the event page. You can put the card on the ticket page. Uh, you can put the event. Anywhere that's not on Twitter. How about on your streaming? How about on your streaming service? That'd be a nice. Seems like a good option too. So yeah, it's not that hard. Be a promoter. Promote your show. That's all I'll say. We'll have the same rant again next month, probably (laughs) for another company. Uh, But all that aside, it looks like a hell of a card, and I'm excited to watch this one. So Rev Pro Uprising. Unfortunately, they've been really slow about their uploads lately. So I'm a little worried about this one. I mean, just the the British Jacob just came up, and that was like three weeks ago or something like that, or two or three weeks ago at this point. So. Uh, hopefully this one's a little bit uh, smoother and comes up a little bit quicker. But uh, Undisputed British Cruiserweight Championship, Michael Oku versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, Undisputed British Heavyweight Championship, Will Ospreay versus Shota Umino. Yeah, so That's a big Umino, spot. he's been getting back in shape. Um, New J- the office wasn't happy with him. They pulled him from the resurgence show in L.A. because he just wasn't in ring shape and he wasn't in good aesthetic shape. So they're continuing to hide him in the UK until he gets his shit together. We I, we obviously didn't see him on the uh, on the show this past weekend either. Right. Um, but you know he's in a big spot here. He still gets pushed. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, he still gets pushed in Rev Pro, and uh, obviously he has a huge match here against Willow Spray. And we know Willow Spray. We just talked about it. He goes out of his way to make everybody look great that he works with. So I'm really looking forward to this and. This could really be – this is the biggest match of Shota Aminu's career, and yeah. it'll probably be the best match of his career. It's huge. Yeah, it's a huge spot for him to go out there and just, just prove you know, that he belongs. That proves that, you know, all, all the potential that people do see out of him, this is a huge moment. If he goes out there and, and, and shits the bed, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. Uh, yeah. So hopefully he does not. And I, we quickly went over the Oku speedball. That, that sounds like a pretty fun uh, match there. Speedball's getting back in the mix. Yeah, you know? it's, it's fun to see him back there, and, and, and hopefully yeah, we see him a lot more. Because uh, he, he's a great wrestler. And Oku, I'm, I'm kind of always indifferent on, but there are some times where I really, really love Oku. Uh, so I'm excited to watch this match nonetheless. So Oku is just a guy who got overhyped. He he was a good prospect who was off to a good start, but people got way too excited about yeah. him too quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I, I still like him as a wrestler, and I enjoy watching him. And he has that great crowd connection we always talk about, which you cannot teach. He's lost some of that, though, because he got into a little bit of trouble. He wasn't a full on speaking out kind of guy, but he did get into some trouble and, and I think some of the fans have turned on him, but he's, he's, he's not as young as you think, but he's still in his twenties and he's still a guy I enjoy watching. And he's still a very important part of rev pro. And, and I think this has a chance uh, to be a really good match. Yep. Uh, otherwise uh, undisputed British women's championship, Alex Windsor versus Debbie Cattell or Kytel. This is a, uh... Well, Giselle Shaw's not in the match for once. That's, yeah, that's, this that's, this uh, women's division did uh, quite a one eighty from where they were uh, just even a year ago. But uh, well, you lose everybody. And everyone's they, gone, so that's a problem. Yeah, everybody but Giselle Shaw's gone. So I mean, you lose them, you get them back. You lose them. Giselle Shaw always to the rescue, but she's out of the mix at least for now. I know she's been working a lot of the progress shows too on the network. Those shows that nobody's watching. Um, but yeah, at least there's some uh, new blood here. Kaitel returned. A couple of months ago and um you know so it, it, you normally get a giselle shaw match in this spot at least it's some new people yeah i i agree but uh 
Uh, undisputed British tag team titles here. Aussie Open defending the titles against Ricky Knight Jr. and Roy Knight. Well, you read that right. Roy Knight. So, uh, you know. Um, I like Ricky, Ricky Knight's, Ricky Knight's okay. good. <laughs> Ricky Knight's great. So hopefully... It's Roy Knight. I mean, he, you know, he's... They're going to give him a shot here. So we'll see. It's a big show. Aussie Open. I mean, <clears throat> when they do wrestle, they're great. Um, you know, I, I Ricky Knight Jr. is a guy who obviously is going to have a big future with Rev Pro if he keeps his nose clean uh, as they've been giving him, you know, a very obvious push. So I, I trust Aussie Open to have a great match really with anyone. We'll see what Roy Knight can bring to the table. Uh, and then a few other matches that, that really, really make this card, I think, round this out pretty well. Uh, Carl Fredericks and Alex Coughlin, so coming in from the L.A. Dojo, yeah. versus Sunshine Machine, T.K. Cooper and Chuck Mambo. I am excited for that match. Yeah, they've been like a mid-card team, uh, Cooper and Mambo. Mambo, and they'll, they'll be in the same similar spot here. Uh, T.K. Cooper is a guy that I'm rooting for to get back to where he was before he broke his leg. Yeah, he yeah, broke he, his he, leg. Yeah, he was. He felt like he was right on the cusp of really breaking out, and now that seems like that was like three years ago because it was three years ago. Yeah, I mean, Sucks. broke his leg, lost his girl. Travis Banks got fucking speaking doubt, and um, Cooper just you know lost his spot in a lot of these places, and now he's just trying to work his way back up. I think he's in the right place to do that. Um, and I'm really rooting for him to make it all the way back because it was a lot of circumstances with him that were no fault of his own. Yeah. And and they were really a hot act for a while there. And and with him and and Banks and her name is slipping my mind. His ex girlfriend, whatever. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, crap. It seems it's so long uh, ago. Yeah, she's out of wrestling completely now, if I remember correctly. I but, think so. Uh, yeah. But uh, that that act was a really hot act. For about a year, year uh, Dahlia, Dahlia Black, Dahlia Black, Dahlia Black, yeah, and until she, uh, until he broke his leg, and on that show in New York, that was the, wasn't that Heatgate? He broke his leg on Heatgate, didn't he? The Ooh. South Pacific Power Trip, may have been Heatgate. Yeah, I think that's right. I forget exactly the, um, yeah, I think that's right. What a cursed show! So, um, you know, hopefully he can. Uh, recapture what he had because you know he was a charisma machine like his confidence was through the roof in yeah those days. yeah it really feels like it's missing at this point and hopefully. he looked like a real prospect so, he's still 28 uh, too so there's still so yeah, much time plenty but of yeah, time. yeah plenty of time you know and none of the shit that happened to him was his fault like he breaks his leg his girlfriend leaves him fucking his tag team partner gets is one of the worst speaking out uh, you know uh, accusations that you can find and you know is now hiding in Mexico and banished to, to, to these tiny lucha promotions. And what did this guy do? He didn't do anything. Like he just, you know, his career just fell apart. So yeah. I'm, I'm really pulling for him. Uh, and then an awesome match here that I cannot oh, yeah. wait for, Joe. Gideon Gray, our boy, Lord Gideon Gray versus Yota Suji. If Gideon Gray wins, Yota Suji must join the Legion. If Suji wins, the Legion is finished. Joe, what is your bet? Is it it for the Legion? <laughs> Or Suji joining the ranks of Lord Gideon Gray. Love Gideon Gray. He's been trying to get this guy for months. <laughs> he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it, right? He's. I think he's gonna do it. I, I think, think so Suji's... too. I think so too. I think Lord's got. I think he's got something up his sleeve. Yes. To try to get this victory here to uh, join, uh, get uh, Yota Suji to join his ranks. I, 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 I tend to think that Gideon Gray has, has has thought and planned and 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 has something ready to go. 
it's going to be one of those gimmicks where the guy ends up in the unit that he doesn't want to be in. And then they abuse him and they, you know, he makes him do his bidding and he doesn't have a choice. Like that old school kind of shit. You know what I mean? So I think that's going to that's going to be how it goes. He'll he'll cheat his way to victory somehow and Suji will be forced to join Legion and then uh, you know, for a couple months there he'll he'll abuse him, he'll force him to do his bidding and then Suji will turn on him again. You know Suji's been doing shooting star presses, Rich. Have yeah, I hmm, I I would maybe not do that if I really want to see. over though but... too. He's getting over. Yeah. Yeah. I'd yeah, be careful. I'd be careful with a big man doing those. This but. whole this whole program has been a lot of fun between these two guys, though. So yeah, yeah if you if you've never watched Lord Gideon Gray, if you skip all those things, you don't know anything about him. Like, there's a reason we're putting him over as much as we are. He fucking rocks. So yeah, old school heel manager Just, shitbag. Yeah, you 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 could stuff. not possibly root for this guy. There's no like we're rooting for him in like uh, we think he's good. But if I was at a show, I'd boo the fuck out of him because he's just. Irre- he's just irredeemably terrible and annoying. Like, you hate this guy because he's a fucking just prick. not enough of this. This used to be a staple in pro yeah. wrestling, uh-huh. and you don't have it anymore. And, and uh, Just I, you know, ugly, chicken shit, asshole, heel manager, you know what I mean? Just Yeah. Just, he's the, yeah, just a totally dastardly, nothing redeeming about him. <laughs> yeah, it's great. You just can't yeah. wait to watch a babyface punch his lights out. Yeah, it's perfect. And he's part of the fabric of RevPro. Yeah. I couldn't almost not imagine the promotion without him. And then I, I sure you're excited about this one. It's Robbie X versus the good Italian boy, Francesco. That's Kira. He's 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 in Europe. He's taking a break from all Japan and eh, Rough Pro got him. So good for them. Yeah. And he's in there with a guy he could have a good match with. It's a hell of a fine. It's a hell of a booking for him. Hell of a booking for Rev Pro too. Good for it them. It is. Rev Pro just keeps under the radar having good shows. Yeah. And they're well booked and and you know, they do all the right things. I you know, so that's why we cover them. You know, I, I like giving time to Rev Pro because I enjoy watching RevPro. You know, a lot of these other promotions, I feel like I'm watching them at gunpoint. I, I never feel like that with RevPro. I, I look forward to it as a fan, not just a podcaster. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely watch this, and we'll probably review it next week. Well, if they if they get it streamed on there in time, but hopefully they do. <laughs> they've been very, as I said, they've unfortunately been uh, very strange and very weird about uh, when things get up. So hopefully these do get up. But uh, that is it for us here on the flagship. A very uh, bizarre flagship that uh, breaking news came in the middle of it. Kind of deterred us, but we got it all done. We've got everything on a run sheet. We did it. We're a little late, a few minutes over, but that's fine. We did it. So uh, anyway, patreoncom voices of wrestling. That is where we're doing all of our bonus audio. Uh, we have Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame audio. We have a show with uh, Lucha Blogs, uh, the Cubs fan, uh, talking about the Mexico region in the Wrestling Observer ballot. We have a Japan uh, episode that is recording this weekend and will be posted this weekend as well. You have the Thursday TV reviews. I have the Yes Movement talking about Daniel Bryan's journey in WWE up to WrestleMania 30. I got CM Punk Best in the World, only a few more episodes uh, of that left to go, just me basically watching great CM Punk matches and talking about them. We have plenty of stuff up there. The archives are obviously open to you. $5, $10 tier. $5 opens up uh, the uh, a bunch of the bonus audio. $10 gets you everything we do, plus these live shows. You can join and listen to the flagship live. You can listen to the instant reaction live of AEW Full Gear or any of the pay-per-views afterwards. So that is at patreon.com. Uh, slash Voices of Wrestling. Uh, also, uh, Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are just a part of that big network. A lot of stuff going on uh, there as well. Some great shows. Uh, music of the Mat this week. I would highly, highly recommend talking about uh, Survivor Series music uh, over the years. Great, great stuff between uh, with Jeremy Sexton and Andrew Rich this week on uh, Music of the Mat. So highly, highly recommend that. And uh, that's it. Voices of Wrestling.com slash Discord as well if you want to join the discussion on Discord. That is how you do it. Voices of Wrestling.com slash Discord. So for Joe Lanta... 
I'm Rich Krejci. We'll talk to you next time on the Voice of Wrestling Flagship Podcast.